This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that forgot how good it is to be at Stamford Bridge for a three o'clock Saturday kickoff. Now, Chelsea notched up their second 3 0 home win in a week on Saturday with a perfunctory defeat of Wolves. Like Milan, Wolves were dreadful, but as the saying goes, you can only beat what's in front of you. What surprised most of us was that Potter made seven ah! check Potter. Made seven changes for the Wolves match. Usually a recipe for disaster. Uh, yes. But the B team played with verve and vigour and frankly should have been 3-0 up inside 30 minutes. The fact that we weren't was down to the usual profligacy of Pulisic and Havertz. How beautifully ironic it was then that Havertz put Chelsea 1-0 up with a great header and Pulisic made it 2-0 with a deaf chip over the goalkeeper. Even more special was Armando Broya's Costa-esque debut goal to make it 3-0 and perhaps another tribute to Diego Costa, who was roundly applauded and serenaded by the Matty Harding end as he was substituted. Uh, The real highlight, though, was the performance of Mason Mount and Conor Gallagher. Mount looking back to his best with two assists and Gallagher with his best performance in a Chelsea shirt and both of them buzzing around all over the pitch. So, four matches into Potter's tenure and Chelsea are unbeaten. But better than that, Chelsea look more creative and threatening in attack whilst looking more solid at the back. And he's doing it while keeping a large number of the squad involved and giving the homegrown players a fair crack of the whip. Maybe Potter is a wizard after all. (laughs) Yes, and the title of tonight's show is Sheep in Wolves Clothing. (laughs) <laughs> Chelsea fancast number 936 and of course I'm Sanford Chidge as we all know and I'm joined by the mellifluous Jonathan Kidd I thought I'd be a bit gnome-like then a little bit um, 
uh, what are those uh, creatures that uh, familiar, the familiar with the wizard, you know, the familiar who's like that. Because <laughs> yes. uh, he has been a magician. It's yes, yeah, it's, it's lovely to be on the show, Church. Thank good you very much. Good to see you, man. You well? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, who have we got with us tonight? Well, went to Mo King's Meadow, Guru, um, star of the internet, Twitter, Twitter regular celeb. It is, of course. Mr. Dean Mears. Well, Dino. Evening, Chief, evening, JK. Dino, I'm, 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 do you know what? I'm just so delighted to see your face, to remember that you do actually exist. It's been so long since we've seen you. Yeah, well, last time was when I hosted it for you, so I thought that was so bad to get back on. When, when was <laughs> that? When was that? Uh, Four years ago. Was it? I don't even remember doing that. I keep thinking to myself, I need to get Dean to host a show, thinking I haven't. Have I already done that? Yeah, when um, your dad was unwell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you was poorly as well at the time. Oh, probably. I had COVID, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be the Friday with JK and Dane. Oh, well done. Yeah, 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 yeah. It went well. We, In fact, we were thinking of replacing you, having a coup. Oh, please do. Please do. Anytime you like. Anytime you like. Uh, no, I mean, look, the real reason we haven't seen you, Dino, is because you you have been remarkably... Bit, I mean, I know you're busy in your personal life, but uh, what you've been doing... And we need to spend some time talking about this, actually. I, mean, I did plan to. But you've been incredibly busy building your Went to Mo King's Mo empire. So could, would you like to tell the listener what you've been up to? Uh, well, pretty much putting a finger in every pie possible um, this season. Uh, so with the podcast we carry on, we now do live on Mixler like the fan cast. You're on, you're on Mixler? No yeah, way, Jose. Uh, you see, I didn't even know that. Yeah, we've done two live episodes. Excellent. Um, what's how to get to work um, and turn the echo off. Uh, that's been quite good. Uh, I've been doing some YouTube videos after every game. Uh, what else have I done? So are you calling your Went to Mo King's Meadow things after the uh, the game? And please don't be offended by this, people. It really is just a joke, okay, before I get letters from people. Are you calling <laughs> it a fanny bite? I should have done. Wasn't that creative. We call it the. You can the hire me as a creative team. consultant if you like, Dino. I'm I'm, I'm available and I'm cheap. The, the pay is terrible though. Okay, well I work for nothing anyway, so you know. So anyway, so you're doing after the match stuff, and I, are you doing a fanzine? I'm really intrigued about the fanzine. Yeah, the fanzine's actually the issue one's done. Yeah, uh, it's ready to come out next Sunday when they play. They're on a national break, the women's team at the moment, but it will come out when they play on Sunday. Excellent. Uh, against Everton, so it's going to be a PDF, and there's going to be a, a few printed copies that I'll sell at games when I'm there, yeah. which details help with uh, immensely. Yeah, mate. I mean, I'm, I'm anything else you're doing that I should know about? I think that's it. Oh, I think mate. that's enough. It's yeah. astonishing, mate. I mean, you really are. You are going for it. I'm so proud of you. It's fucking super. Dressing, dressing as Bridget as well, are you? <laughs> <laughs> He's not denying it, JK. Um, in, in training to be Stanford. What, Stanford Chidge or Stanford the Lion? The Lion. Oh. No, one, no one can replace Chidge. <laughs> well, this is probably true, uh, but not for good reasons. Uh, anyway, let's get on with the show. Um, right, on the show tonight, in part one, we discuss Potter's changes. The defence looking solid, mounting Gallagher being outstanding, Pulisic and Havertz specialising in irony, or in Pulisic's case, irony. 
Uh, and oh, yes, that man, Diego Costa, he deserves mention. Uh, in part two, we look at Potter's in-game formation changes, ask what difference is he making uh, to the team, and applaud the number of homegrown players getting game time. And in part three, joy of joys, we have Sheridan Bird back with us, uh, who is, of course, a Serie Syria A football writer and broadcaster. And he'll be on the show to preview the match against AC Milan at San Siro on Tuesday. And in part four, we do our own preview of the match against Milan. Now, because we've got uh, kind of Sheridan on, I'm sorry, people. I, I know lots of you have written in emails. So I don't really have time for emails tonight. And I'm really sorry. Um, I'll try and... I, I'll tell you what. If we don't get them on the show, I here we go. I'm gonna, you can hold me to this, all right? I've got two witnesses at least here. Uh, I, w- I promise to write you all a personal reply to the emails that you've sent in rather than reading them out. All right? So there you go. That's the best I can offer. Right. Now, don't forget, of course, you can listen to the show live. Right. Every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. Um, and so many do. Uh, you don't need us to chat with you, Mr. Stick. Um, but uh, I know that uh, I do I do cast my BDI over it. Occasionally I might comment, but uh, I do have enough on my plate trying to corral JK and assorted guests, which is a full-time occupation. Right. Uh, yeah, you can tweet us anytime you like, at Chelsea Fancast, of course. We're on fa- all the socials. We're on at Chelsea Fancast. So always get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We will be back in the shake of a lamb's tail uh, to discuss the Wolves match. Before I, I get into asking the great combined minds that are JK and Dino uh, what they thought of the game, I, 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 I mentioned it in the intro, actually. I I really enjoyed it on Saturday, and I was in such a grumpy-ass mood before I went. But I really did enjoy being not just back at the bridge, um, but also, you know, a three o'clock kickoff. And I met... And this is the joy of football for me. I met so many lovely people, and I, I think I, I really need to do a shout-out to them all. Uh, but beforehand, I met the lovely Marco, of course, at the stall, and DJ, of course, Chuckles. Uh, and uh, I also met Matt Young, one of our own, a big Chelsea fancast listener, as we all know. He was over from Dubai, and I wandered off to the cock tavern with matt and uh i bumped into ben who used to do i can't remember the name of their account now he's this massive uh instagram and twitter account and uh, james copper the lovely james copper another one of our own and jack the lovely jack i know you you bumped into them too didn't you jk yes fantastic huge and jack huge mason mount fan yeah hoping that mace would score a hat trick yeah Yeah. i said i hope he does too yeah Yeah, it was his first game there was some great footage as well of him him looking at the coming to the ground for the first time it's great yeah. it was yeah. yeah and james has suggested um we we do some TikTok. more uh, have a tiktok presence yeah. he had the tiktok chat with you i had the tiktok chat with him too but i'm glad he caught up with you because uh, yeah. 
Yeah, good. So I saw uh, James and Jack, Dan Silver, the lovely Dan who organises the tables in the cock, Rick Glanville, the legend that is Rick Glanville, Loza from The Beautiful Game. A couple of lads out the back in the garden, uh, you know, and I'm sorry, by this time I was losing all sense. I, I can't remember your names and I'm very sorry for that, but you'll know who you are because one of you was wearing a puffer jacket that was orange. There can't be too many people out there. Who orange, an orange. Orange. Proper jacket and very peculiar. And I saw the lovely Andy Silverman and Nicky Davidson. And then during the match, I saw Gate 17 John. Uh, I saw the lovely bloke John who sits next to me, not all the time, but occasionally. David, uh, who sits in front of me. The love. I waved to Tony and I waved to Clayton. And then afterwards, uh, this was the highlight of my day, really. I met Scott and his wife, Jen, who were over from Kentucky. And Scott has been listening to the show since 2008 and he met Chell Tell in Washington. He was telling me all about that. So I had a lovely time talking to Scott. Uh, I met Tracy and lovely Mars, the legend that is Terry Komatsu, Alan from Gate 17, he was in the, or Gate 16, he was in the, uh, in the cock. Ollie Glanville, Rick's son. George Gibbons, who demanded of me that I gave him a shout out. And I am doing this now, George. And he said his old man wanted to come to the Kerry thing and couldn't. Uh, we saw I saw Dane Greenfield, see, the lovely Celia, lovely Magritte, Nathan from the Chelsea Grave Society. We saw Stretch, Pete Trenter and Lizzie from the uh, and Michelle from the Chelsea Supporters Group. Richard Schaller, as I was trying to leave, but was dragged back into the cock by Steve and Graham Mantle. <laughs> and it was one of those days. I mean, the great and the good were everywhere. It was just it was just brilliant. And I sat in the traffic for fucking two and a half hours getting home. But you know what? bollocks it was well worth it so i mean I, I could just like talk about that really rather than the game because that was just so much fun but i won't i won't because i am a professional would you believe like on the bus back with georgia back to uh to brook green um dj was on the bus oh no really yeah nice yes, one yes yeah, so we had a long chat it was lovely brilliant yeah. stuff so the thing is i mean it was so funny i mean i didn't see you before the game um and i didn't see other people before the game and yet in our whatsapp group and uh, in your fan bite we were all saying exactly the same thing what the fuck is going on seven changes potter are you mad yes are you yes. mad i mean talk That's about it. me getting the team selection wrong the other night and yet well, it was a really good win three girls in a clean sheet what the hell well, do we know about football jk well, as you said Chidge, we've, it's happened before and they've played dreadfully yeah We've seen that happen before, and that's the precedent that's been set by previous managers. I'm trying to think when was the last occasion where we had a complete change around. And they, we've then criticised them on here for saying, look, you've had your opportunity and look what you've done. You've not made an effort. You've spurned it. And yet in this instance, from the from the get go, as that terrible American expression is, from the absolute beginning, slick, excellent passing, really everything set up, should have scored it from the beginning again. But once again, the profligacy, as we, as you said at the beginning, so did I in the fan bite. You sort of despair, and then just to just to prove the madness of it, both goals, for both all goals, all three goals were great, all of them. They were, weren't they? All of them, yeah. And you think you think it's the same players, other than Brodrobs, who came on, who was, who looked looked fantastic. Very different. He gives a different, very different set of skills to Aubameyang, but uh, very direct and a terrific shot. My goodness I had a, me! I had wow. a great view of that. From where yeah. I sit, right, right yeah. down behind him, it's great. Right, right down the barrel. Right but, down the barrel. Uh, but similarly, Pulisic's goal with the, the lovely little move with Mount. The fact that Mount was facing the wrong way and did a reverse pass and put him through. And you thought, oh, he's put him in through t- too wide. And the dink over the goalie was a world class finish. It was, just, that was uh, the Pulisic uh, of old, mate. Indeed, indeed. You go, oh, come on then. First of all, he's given, given an opportunity. And, there, and yet on Twitter, they were saying, oh, nobody likes him. And you think he was mobbed. The whole of the. 
they, they had certain people wrote about, you know, and a Pulisic, nobody likes, players don't like him, crowd don't like him. He was he was given an absolute, everybody was so keen to support him in that instance. Great, great goal. And he's obviously, you know, his effort was rewarded, but he, he needs to be, it was the word that's used by, by um, Tuchel all the time, more precise, because he gets into positions and you think, oh, come on, you're better than that. You know, you he missed an easy header because he got up too soon. You think, no. You, you've we've seen you score goals like do you know, that. Do you know what? But you wonder whether it is a confidence exactly. thing rather than being exactly rather than that. being an injury thing because that goal was great and was and great and goal. maybe match match sharpness as well. Yeah. you yeah. know you know what it's like. I mean, I I don't I don't play any musical instruments because I'm crap, but I know you do. If you don't play your guitar for a while, do you get a bit, you know, thumbs and fingers? I get cramp. Right. Yeah. I don't. Then it's embarrassing, yes. and I'm going. Oh, I can't play the. E so chord. I wonder if it's similar. If you know a footballer, if you're not playing all the time, you're not in that rhythm, basically. So well, maybe, maybe you train, know, they train so much. You'd have thought I don't. We, yeah, I, but it's different in a match, isn't it? Uh, but I always found in a match that you know in the pathetic Sunday league I played. You know, you always went up a, a level because you're playing in a game. You know, you rather than passing it around playing five a side. Can't, you, we I, can't all be elite like you, JK, though. You yeah, know, sorry, to be fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was elite when I played five a side. Yeah, uh, I, know, I know. You are elite in everything that you do, yeah, JK. Yeah. We can't compete. You know that. Uh, Dino, Dino, Dino elite, what? What? Elite. what? Elite. No, no, elite. elite? No, I said elite, mate. I did, I did say you. elite. Dino, um, let's just talk about Pulisic first. We can get into all the other stuff as we, you know, there's no particular order tonight. I forgot, as I, I, I forgot to tell JK the running order anyway, so it's, I, I only have myself to blame for any tangential conversations. And I'm feeling quite tangential anyway. Why not? Let's stick with Pulisic, mate. I mean, I was frustrated. I, I, I you know, he was running. I mean, in fact, the bloke who's sitting next to me, he's a lovely bloke and he knows his onions. And we were sitting there moaning, saying, oh, he's running into dead ends again, falling over. But he kept plugging away. I thought one of the shot, one shot he did actually uh, was really well saved. It was going in the top corner. But as JK said, that that goal was uh, was superb. And I mean, Havertz as well. Again, I mean, he was even even worse offender. And yet again, he put that goal away very very well. Do you think these two goals? Well, I mean, because if it is a confidence thing, do you think these two goals might do them the world of good? Uh, if they get picked again, yeah. Um... That's a good question. Isn't it? <laughs> yes. I thought Pulisic, when he grew into the game, definitely. And I thought he was, with the ball, the most dangerous player. I don't think he got the ball as often enough in the second half. Um, and everything sort of seemed to go through Mason Mount, um, which is no bad thing. I thought they linked up really well, actually, those two, Pulisic and Mount. Yeah, they did. And it's sort of credit to, to Graham Potter for getting these players, you know, like Pulisic, who hasn't played that much, to recognise each other in game situations. And that's through great coaching. Um for Havertz, he sort of was a key man under Tuchel. Now he's not. Uh, Pulisic hasn't been a key man for either manager. Like you say, if the goal gives them the confidence, then if they've got to get picked again and, and carry on that because of the level of the squad now, I think, has gone up under Potter because it seems a more harmonious place uh, around the team, the club as a whole. If they're not sort of performing, then they will get taken out and replaced by Yang or whoever up front to, to come in and replace them and get those goals. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's more for Pulisic, it's more match rhythm and, and playing more regularly that's going to get him, you know, being back to his best because he comes in for a game and doesn't do well, doesn't play for five. He's never going to get back to you know, the Pulisic that we know. And I thought during this game he was, he was running at defenders, he was taking them on. He was playing quick one-twos with Mason Mount a lot. And that's sort of what you want from your winger. Sort of said it when we played against AC Milan when Liao was just direct and he was running out the defence. You know, Reece James did 
amazingly against him, but that's what you want Pusic to do. And he wasn't doing that. And I think we see a change in him in this game. And maybe that's instructions from, from Potter. Maybe it's not, but maybe he's he's getting that confidence back that a manager believes in him again. I know he had previous with Tuchel. Maybe that affected him during Tuchel's time. We don't know, but you know, as I said, they need to play often to get that confidence going in a long sort of stretch of games. And I don't know if they're going to get that given the amount of games. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if then, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to get that per se. I think there are a few people that, you know, Mount Mount's always going to start, I think, give give or take. But I think what, what, I mean, we'll talk about this in part two a little bit more, but I think Potter's going to give people games because he knows how many there are. Um, JK, I'm going to change tack a set, uh, uh, unless you want to comment on what Dean said. And no, I just took about that, the harmony. It's interesting that Zayek hasn't travelled to Milan. and you yeah, wonder well, we'll, 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 he, he came on six. We'll get on to that. I know, yeah. but he came on six sub and you wonder whether... That's that's a, a point is being made. Yeah, anyway, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, we could we could do a whole show on the mystery of Hakim Ziyech, but uh, yeah. luckily we don't have to. Um, yeah. Let's. Can, I'm just going to kind of go back, literally, actually, because for all the the lovely talk that we're going to have on this show about scoring three goals again in the second game in a row, and uh, you know, Pulisic and Havertz both getting on the score sheet, and our young striker, all of these great things. There's so many lovely things to talk about tonight. Actually, you know what's really important. The defence, and let's be honest, a makeshift defence, looked really solid. I mean, Koulibaly, Chaloba in in the centre, in the silver role, and Cucurella not played a game in earnest, I think, together, certainly in my knowledge. Koulibaly, who's looked a liability, looked a lot better. Trevo, I mean, this is, I don't know, are we the only people in the world who love Trevo? We're always saying on this show, where is Trevo? Why isn't he playing? He was brilliant. And I like Cucurella. I think he's all right. So there you go. I'm, I was really pleased with that clean sheet. It's awful that one starts slightly then unpicking the great Thomas Tuchel's legacy, but um, as to what he was doing in the last few games. But uh, but yes, our, our bemusement with uh, why he wasn't picking Trevo seems to have been um, uh, um, uh, um, aggravated because uh, he was excellent. I thought Koulibaly was was terrific. Yeah. Actually, some fantastic passes. Yeah. My goodness me! Pinpoint wing to wing passes. You just thought, oh, this is, this is clearly. I I feel we've we've rushed to judgment too soon. Would actually. we ever do that? Would we ever do that? Yes, we would. <laughs> <laughs> fuck uh, yeah. Because because yeah, yeah fuck yeah fuck fucking right yeah because um you know it's had about four games. He hasn't been subbing a few. He's obviously been learning the ropes, and it's a very different pace to everything else. As um, even Fafano, who knows the pace, has found it difficult and has now been injured, of course. But uh, um, uh, Bali was very impressive. And you think, well, if, you know, Cucurella is a replacement, obviously. He hasn't got the attacking skills, for me, of um, of Chilwell, who was really who played fantastically against Milan. But um, uh, you look at that team and you think, you know, you know, we have to admit they're all internationals, you know, other than, than Trevo and... Um, uh, who's the one other one that isn't um uh forgotten um one of the but but they're all they're all you know we're us saying oh my god seven changes but they've all done stuff and dave was outstanding i mean he was given an enormous amount of room on the right hand side but the 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 micromanagement of everything is 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 um once again a couple of people i follow on twitter saying that he thinks he's actually trying to build it around mace much more than he was than Ducal was. So he's actually allowing him to be here, there, and everywhere and push him further forwards. And I, I this whole business of getting people in the box 
quicker was really interesting. And also the long ball that was being played against Milan wasn't played at all other than the odd cross field pass. So it's clearly a tactical thing. So us saying he plays in a certain way, he's he's a, he's a chameleon is our manager, despite having the uh, the presence of a of a of a small, uh, no, I was going to say small wasp, wasps have bigger presence than him, than a sloth. What's something that doesn't say much and doesn't say it very well? I don't know. Um, uh, uh, Prime Minister. Uh, who's that? What, what? Prime Minister. Prime, oh, very good. Very good. Yes. Well, yeah. Now, I wouldn't like to, wouldn't like to, wouldn't like to compare him with Liz Truss. Oh, God, the poor man. But, um, uh, no, it was it was getting back to what you said. It was we've sort of gone around in a circle again here, but it was very impressive talking about. It was very impressive having all the seven and them all them all making uh, an excellent effort. Yeah, Dave Dave was really terrific, um, and his centering was was better. I don't know what whether they've I, said. I, 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 a, 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 objection, Your Honour. I'm not yeah. so sure actually about about Dave. I, you didn't no, think I, I think he gave the ball away a lot. He, he, okay, he, okay, a lot okay. of his crosses weren't. I, I, I just, I, do you know what? I mean, I love him. I love him to pieces, but I, I don't think he got rinsed, which is a good thing because we know his legs are pretty much gone. No, but I just, I, I just thought his his delivery was pretty poor all game and let's be honest it's always really it always has been well perhaps perhaps i was seeing through rose-colored glasses because i'd sort of written him off as being man who lasts 20 minutes Mm. and the fact lasted the whole game was good but um uh yeah it was it was intriguing yes no apparently he's supposed to gonna say he's supposed to micromanage situations where you know the smallest thing happens on the pitch potter Potter part two potter part two okay okay, potter part two all right Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm sorry to disagree with you about Dave because I feel a bit, yeah, but, uh, I feel a bit uh, shitty doing that because I love him. But I just thought, is you know, I just thought, mate, you, you still don't know how to cross the ball properly. You know, I was just thinking we're getting these brilliant positions, only for it to hit the first man a lot. But once again, one must accept that Wolves were terrible. They were and awful. Awful. Weren't they? they did have about four players missing, as was same with Milan. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, but yeah, they're obviously they, we didn't have the. Um, the, the non-manager bounce that uh, that no, we, well, we, we we kind of half expected that Dino by all means comment on the defence but I, I want to get into the two performances which really filled me with ecstasy and I know they did JK because I watched his fantastic fan bite as always and he was very excited about that but um, I, I thought Connor Gallagher was just lovely brilliant loved him and and I thought Mount was superb as well I chuckled I laughed my cock off when he got two open play assists because they're always bitching about that, aren't they, on Twitter, that he never does. But actually, bottom line, linking up all over the place, creating, attacking, but also tracking back and defending, both of them. I thought I thought they were superb, both of them. It's just what you want to see. I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what happens when a manager picks them in a position that gets the best out of their abilities. Absolutely. Um, it really helps a lot, especially in Gallagher's case. I think there was a bit more intelligence to his game, actually. I, thought, I sort of noticed that in the first game, he... Look really raw, and I think he's been sort of moulded a bit more. Maybe he's had some work done with him individually on the training ground to sort of calm his game a little bit, even though he was everywhere. You know, I was looking at his his numbers. He made sort of attempted 22 duels, which was the most out of the team because he was sort of the heartbeat of that midfield. Um, and get stuck in, Tony Dino. Get stuck yeah. in. And of- when you've not got N'Golo Kante, I think that's, that's always missing from Chelsea. And he brings that back um, because obviously it's not Jorginho or Loftus-Cheek's sort of game to do that sort of thing. And you do need it in the Premier League because that's the only place Wolves were dangerous was with runners from deep getting forward because Costa sort of had his own afternoon out. I think this was a special occasion for him. 
And I don't think that. that was hilarious, wasn't it? But yeah, I don't think he actually wanted to play the game, but he was he on just, the pitch. He just he just wanted to be on the pitch, didn't he? I know. It's yeah. hilarious. I, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, I I thought you know, I, I mean actually, because we got we you know, I know you're a big big fan of J five. Um, and I, I mean, you know, I suppose as I don't mean to sound churlish, but it always helps when the opposition team don't monster him with two people. And, and let's be fair, you could say that about anybody. You know, you stick two people on somebody, they're not going to have a particularly good game. But I thought he was all right. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the rise of Loftus Cheek in in one of those roles, either the Kovacic or the J5 role, and I don't mind. You know, I, 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 there are so many things I do like about J5, and I, I was really curious to see how it would work with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. We know Tuchel tried that a few times, and it seemed to work quite well. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just think that he seems to be getting, you know, much closer to the player that he thought he would be. But I do think that this could be, you know, a, 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 I think I, this could be his future in that, one of those kind of more deep lying midfielder roles, because what he does, I think, better than both Kovacic and Jorginho is that he gets forward and he's physical he's got a real physique about him he's hard to bump off the ball and he's got a, he's got a beautiful touch on him I mean he's passing superb and he's I think he's capable of scoring in a way that Jorginho and Kovacic are not so I'm I'm liking him there are you I, I am but I, I don't think this was his best game I felt the game passed him by a little bit and it didn't really affect it as much but I don't know if that's because he had Gallagher out ahead of him and he didn't need to burst forward with the ball and they were passing it more vertically quicker to get through Wolves and he doesn't have to get on the ball and be hard to get off because they were passing it quicker and I thought you know, him going off was probably the best move at the time because it, I don't think it was the game for him but as you say he's, he's been performing much better and I've enjoyed it as well and when you get the best out of him he's a fantastic player that we all know he can be mm. Some of us thought he may have missed the boat and he was just gone past the right age to sort of have that impact again at Chelsea. But, you know, we see when Tuchel first came in, you know, the likes of Rudiger raised their level and these players that were on the outskirts got better and maybe that's this is a player that can under Potter, I don't know. But I didn't think this was his best game. I thought it did pass him by a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he was better against Milan, I think, in that respect. But, I mean, there was one instance where he... I mean, there was quite a few, actually. But one I particularly remember where he got forward and he got into the penalty area and he did get on the end of one. I think he was kind of tackled as it as he kicked it and it went over the bar. You know, but I can't... I mean, you know, I, I just think longer term, he's more capable of doing that than either of the other two. What, what do you think, JK? Who are we talking about? Uh, Cheek. Cheek. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course, we are. Um, uh, it, it's it's an odd one, isn't it? Because we all want him to be as good as he was when he was playing for the reserves. We want him to be that that uh, god, really, because he was. He was. He, I remember footage of him beating beating whole oppositions and scoring. You know, running the length of the pitch. Um, uh, but his injury obviously took an enormous amount out of him. Um, uh, I I think he does a job at the moment, and he does a job which seems to be. Uh, he has more presence than than J five, but um, uh, I don't. Unless he ups his game completely to another level, I don't see a future for him. I just mm. think they'll they'll get somebody um, who's more specific in the role, um, even though he should because he is a man mountain and with hullet like possibilities. But it, it the consistency isn't quite there for me. 
I mean, having said that, though, I thought he was excellent against yeah. Milan. But, well, they, um, they, but they, I mean, you know, like Wolves, they were dreadful. Yeah, they were. This is the problem. It will be. It's, it's hard to judge, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard to judge at the moment. All you can just say is that all seven players played, and then he made a kind of. It was like watching a, I think as you said, a reserve, a, 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 a pre-season friendly. And all this is the trouble I find with all these substitutions they yeah. have now. Premier League is you, you think God they've swapped half the team. No, no, no. I was thinking that somebody else has wandered on the fact they're playing 14 you know you just, nobody's gone off you know, you think, I mean look well, there, there's, there's, there is an area of concern that I do have boys about uh, about Loftus-Cheek you know there were a couple of Swiss cheese moments I like to call them where where our, our midfield looks like it's got lots of holes in it I do wonder about his Gruyere yeah in Gouda maybe but um, holes in Gouda uh, no holes in Gouda okay I've got my cheeses wrong Emmental Gruyere. Emmental that's not Swiss cheese. It's Dutch, isn't it? Yeah, Emmental's got sort of pits in it, isn't yeah. it? Not, okay. yeah. Let's not get distracted by cheese. Um, mm. Cheek, not cheese. Uh, I wonder about his defensive awareness, you know, and I think I wonder if we get, you know, caught a little bit like that. I mean, I noticed that against Milan, funnily enough, although he was very, very good. But yeah, uh, on Saturday, there was a couple of occasions when he was caught. I, th- I think I th- why I think he'll be replaced is they need midfielders who can score. Well, yeah, but and he can. That's the point I'm no, making. But, well, I'm saying, we're not seeing it, though, are we? Yeah, but well, you haven't yet. He, I give it time. Two, well, no, no, but uh, how much time do you need to give the poor boy? You know, he, 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 he takes Are you rushing minutes. to judgment again? Yeah. Well, I don't think I'm rushing. I think we've had three... Four. Yeah, but we haven't really seen him... Yeah. Look, I mean, look, here's the thing about Cheek. <laughs> Dino, rescue me in a minute, please, from this lunatic. But... You know, we we saw with Tuchel at the end of last season, he he began to play pretty much every game, which was good. Okay, albeit in a in a wing back role, which is not really his role. He's been playing a few games at, at the beginning of this season as well. Um, nobody really up until Potter's come in and and changed things around a bit has looked like scoring. So I don't think we can beat Loftus Cheek up for for not. I mean, he's at least he's got on the end of things and he's got into the penalty area. I agree, but I'm just I'm just predicting the way I think the club okay. will go. I well, I think, think if they sign Declan Rice, then you know, not even Rice. It'll be somebody from a you know a high profile player who biffs it in from outside the air, which is what the club need. We need somebody. I mean, I think Conor Gallagher is a. It, I love that shot that he did at the very beginning of the game. You know, when he got just outside the penalty area and he did a little dink. And he does things off balance. He does things where he's an instinctive um, player, isn't he? Yeah, where he he, he realizes that's the moment. He's at the, on the penalty area, sees the goal. He can have a shot. And he almost went in because nobody's prepared for that. There are no touches. It's this, he, he's, he's very aware of where the goal is. I'd loved him to have scored that goal, but it's the kind of goal he scored for Palace last year. And yeah. it's, it, and, it's and not, he, not and, yeah. Yeah. and he assists. Sorry. No, that's all right. He, he assists as well. That's the other thing about Connor. And he did that for Palace. Dino, I mean, by all means, comment on uh, Cheek, but only if it's to rescue me. Um, because what I'd really like to talk about is uh, is Armando Brozier, who I, I've got a lot of time for. I thought he was excellent when he when he you know early on in last season when he was at Southampton. There is a bit of you know the Costa esque about him. He's a unit, and he and he just he likes to run at the defence and score goals. And I thought that was a perfect example of a, of a Brozier goal. I thought, and it was a really well. T- I, in a way, and I mean, I know Pulisic was really deft, but I thought that was a proper striker's goal. It was really pleasing to see. I think. Yeah, well, I'll just say on cheat quickly, if he's mm. playing as a six, he's not in the team to score. Yeah, um, so I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, if he's playing further forward, then yeah, JK's right on that sense. He needs to score. Um, as when he gets the penalty area, Dina, when he gets the penalty area, takes two touches still. 
biff it. All the same, they got a well, biff. Well, he, he did try and biff it, but he got biffed off the ball and it went over the bar. Don't you remember? I do, I remember yeah. it, yeah. I'd like to have seen it nestling in the onion yeah, bag. Yeah, I know, I know. So. But you could say that about three or four shots in, in the first half. Mount, Mount got close to... Mount, Mount yeah. was trying to hit one first time and the defender's got his foot in the way. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient. I've just seen something in there that I like, you know, and it, this is not part of my anti-J5 agenda. It's just that I think he could do a better job. And J5 may be off in Jan- as early as January. And certainly in June, I think he'll go. So, you know, anyway, enough. Dino, uh, Cheek, J5 and Broyer, if you like. Yeah, we'll move on to, to Broyer because I think he was... Uh... The icing on on the cake. He was yeah. on Saturday coming on, and he, as you said, he's a unit. He's a bit of a different physical presence, and he gives us another alternative. I think a bit like Tammy. I think he really needs to learn the game more. Um, there's a willingness, I suppose, that gets him in situations that he probably wouldn't do otherwise. Um, there was a moment where he, he chased down the ball for no root, sort of no reason, and then Mount followed him, and Wolves put the ball up for a throw in in their own half. It changed us into an attack when the game was was dead anyway because Wolves were never going to score, um, and I think that's sort of the youthful youthful enthusiasm coming through of a player trying to make his mark. And Potter needs to use that to his advantage. Have a player that hungry coming on maybe for 15, 20 minutes in a game. Um, if we're chasing a game, you can you can boot the ball to him because he's big and you know he can win a header and play round him. Um, he's, he's very he's a quick unit as well, isn't he? He's very speedy. Guess. Yeah, you probably don't expect him to be that quick, or maybe that takes defenses by surprise yeah. that he can move along the pitch that well. And you know, he took his goal really well. We've seen what he could do for Southampton, um, playing that way. And yeah, you know, maybe that's where he's, he comes in at the end of the games when opposition are pushing forward and he can utilize the space behind. Mm. Um, I wouldn't sort of say he's ready to start yet. No, I think he's he's quite a way off that. I think I think um, the reality is, Dino, isn't it that that you know Chelsea at the level that we are at. You know, our our main striker really needs... I mean, really, frankly, we should have a world-class striker as our number nine. That's the kind of club we are now. You know, and, and this has been an issue, really. Funnily, I mean, ironically enough, and, I, and, and I, it's a good segue, really, that's been the situation at the club since Costa. You know, when we bought Costa, he was one of the most sought-after strikers in the world. You know, he was stuck at Atletico Madrid, who at the time were regularly getting semi-final and uh, final of the Champions League. He had that kind of profile. A lot of people wanted him. We got him. And he was brilliant for us. Banged in goals for fun. Won us titles, effectively. Uh, and it's quite interesting, actually, because I saw our, our, our mutual friend, dear old Nick, from uh, London is Blue, you know, kind of wondering why he got such a good reception. I'm not trying to dig Nick out here, by the way, but um, I can explain that much. I, I did explain it on the tweet. There was a reply to him, but I, can explain, I think I can explain it much better here. You know that it, that's a hard thing to really judge. If you're if you're if you if you were at the matches when Costa played for us, you get the bond between him and the supporters in in a much clearer way, I think. And that's what happens at Chelsea. There's a, I mean, Kerry will tell you this and has done, hasn't he, J.K.? You know that 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 bond you get between supporters and players is very special, and you can't you can't you know it, it's 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 three dimensional if you like. You can't you can't see it from afar. And I think Costa certainly had that, didn't he? I think it's something to do with the effort made as well. Yeah, the shithousery, yeah, the hilarity, putting, putting your heart on the line for the, the club. Goals, you so could see the, the, the huge, um, and the, also the fantastic goals he yeah. scored. My goodness me! You, you, you from from angles, you're just looking. 
oh, the top top player. Yeah. So therefore, and as you say, won us two titles yeah. without without him. The, they're very unlikely to have won those two titles. Yeah. So huge, and and he never had an opportunity to to say goodbye. So uh, he because uh, Wiggy he, got rid of him. He, he indeed, good old Wiggy. So he squeezed every drop, every ounce of. Uh, of approval from the crowd in his scroll round it was very good fun i, I mean that, that dino that that for me i was i wet myself laughing i thought i mean all, i mean i thought at the beginning of the game right he got a really good diego diego a lot of applause oh that was nice a little wave to everybody i thought oh, that'd be it um but then but then when he went off i mean the way he milked that was were, were, you, were you in the matthew harding lower no i was watching i watched like saturday night i wasn't all oh, right 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 well, it was so fun. He was high fiving. I mean, because he walked round behind. The, I mean, you know, he could have gone straight. It was just so transparent. It was hilarious. He was like high fiving the crowd. He loved it. it. It was just. It's just one of those moments that we'll remember for a long time because it was just so funny and so. Constant. He will remember forever. He, will he loved it. He said after the match how how much yeah. he loved that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he he, he but he realised how much love there was for him, yeah. which uh, to some extent. I don't think he knew other than the, the thing at the beginning with just the, you know, Diego, Diego was nice. But the very fact that then there was this huge ovation mm. for him was he must have been thinking, you know, within, oh, my goodness me, look at this. I didn't realise the love that these supporters had for him. How brilliant. So you've, you've you, it's created a, a wonderful, it's improved the bond if there was a possibility mm. to do that. He was just brilliant. We're a decent a bunch, brilliant. aren't we, when we want to be? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that was really close. I mean, it's often said, isn't it, that you know, if 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 you've played for Chelsea and you return, you always get a good reception, unless you're a wanker. Yeah, I mean, there are caveats. I don't think jukebox. Gordon, yeah, Gordon Jury would have had exactly that jukebox. Nat. Any? Can you think of any others who who have not get, been given a good reception? A large-nosed goalkeeper. Courtois. Yeah, that's right. He got a big. Yeah, well, he was a wanker, wasn't he? Yes. Anybody yeah. else? Do you know? You think of any? Um. Anyone that went to Spurs? Galas? Yeah, Galas. Poyet. Poyet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you go to Spurs, you know, you're in for a tough time. But but other than that, I think we're really we're really good with players that come back, actually. We always we always do, you know, give them, you one, know, a good reception. One matter is always given great love. <gasps> oh, be still my beating heart. It's one of the great tragedies of Chelsea oh. Football Club that we got oh, rid of one matter, I think. Madness. Madness. Bloody Mourinho, the knob. Anyway, whatever. Um, I'm going to muse on Mourinho being a knob and getting rid of matter um, in the break that we're about to have uh, in a in a minute. But before we do, as I always do, there's a few plugs I need to do. And the first one, of course, uh, Jonathan mentioned him uh, earlier on. But uh, DJ, the wonderful CFC UK, which both me and Dino write for, uh, is uh, was a new one out. It was out, I think, last week actually. But um, yeah, so make sure you get it at the stall on a match day. Um, which of course is opposite Fulham Broadway. Uh, I do believe I know this for a fact. I saw his tweet today. If you want to follow CFC UK, by the way, just follow only a pa- only a pound on Twitter. But DJ's out in Milan, and uh, he's prepared to sell it to you for a pound if you have a pound coin. Otherwise, it's two euros, which is always the going rate abroad. Uh, but anyway, yeah, match day opposite Fulham Broadway. But you can also subscribe to CFC UK by doing the following: emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, and you can have a year subscription for 18 quid uh, in the UK, 40 quid if you're in Europe, 56 quid if you're in the rest of the world. You can also get a digital copy uh, for six quid a year or a pound each. And you can do all of this by paying via PayPal. Uh, 
Uh, so there you go. Go out and get it. And there's, a, in fact, we've got we got another we've got another deadline coming up this Friday, haven't we, Dino? Yeah, this Friday, last one for the World Cup. Yeah, you got one in the pipeline. Uh, we'll do one about the World Cup and not following it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm well, I, I'm not going to say what I'm going to write about. You'll all have to wait, and then you'll read it, won't you? Uh, now, another thing, I, I was very remiss of me because I meant to do this a, a week or so ago. If you remember, uh, we had the first of our Chelsea Fancast Presents evenings and um with kerry dixon which was fantastic now one bloke who turned up uh to that had just run the london marathon and then went straight to the event and drank loads of guinness i mean the man is an absolute legend and a hero jonathan knows who i'm talking about because it's uh yeah. it's dan thorne of the melbourne chelsea supporters club and i did mean to, to i did say to dan for god's sake give me your link and i'll i'll promote it on the show so here we go sorry for not doing it last week dan it clean went out of my head i will put this up on twitter as well at some stage but do support dan he's running for a very good cause because he's running it in the memory of terry cork who lived in melbourne and became part of the melbourne chelsea supporters club and he he was the friendliest bloke you could ever wish to meet and had a smile that would lift your spirits and was always up for a laugh and he touched uh, a lot of hearts in melbourne and he sorely missed uh, and anyway, Dan is running uh, uh, for uh, the British Lung Foundation. Um, one in five people in the UK has got a lung condition. That means 10,000 new diagnoses per week. Uh, and Dan ran the marathon for them. Uh, it's the only UK charity looking after the nation's lungs. Every pound he is able to raise will take them a step closer to a world without lung disease. And eight pounds allows one of the BLF's nurses to answer a call on the helpline offering support to someone in need. And Dan and I, in fact, would be very grateful for any donations you could make. Um, it's a Just Giving page. Uh, the easiest thing, I think, is to go, you know, justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash, forward slash Dan hyphen Thorne 67. I think that'll take you there. But Dan Thorne, T-H-O-R-N-E. I will put the link on Twitter so you can have a look there. But do support Dan. Uh, he's, he deserves it because it's a great cause. He also deserves it for his fantastic performance coming along to the... Uh, Chelsea Fancast presents with Kerry Dixon and straight after a marathon. I was astonished, as were you, JK. Yeah, thought it was wonderfully impressive. Yeah. Brilliant. As is Dan. So there you go. Right, you know what to do, people. We'll be back in a second for part two. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. And I'm joined by the leg end that is Jonathan Kidd. Oh, the shoulder end. With the way the my shank, shoulder... the shank of the Chelsea fancast. Shank, yeah, yeah. The, the butt. We've got a real kind of sheep lamb thing theme going on tonight. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that. I've yeah. noticed that. I'm being a bit woolly. Do you think? I do. I do. But uh, you know, I, I, it's better than being mutton headed. It's better than being horny. It is, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be ramming anything in in that condition. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, okay. no. Oh. So, who else have we got tonight? We're honoured oh, tonight, I think, aren't we? <laughs> Who is it? Who is it? Oh, it's the great Dean Mears. Evening all. Got any got any sheep kind of theme gags, Dino? I was going to say it's not the time, but that's more like roast lamb, isn't it? Oh, very good. I like that. 
Rosemary would be proud. Uh, right. Okay. So part two, part two, part two of the Chelsea v the Wolves. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Potter, really, and Potter-esque type things in this part. But you know, I was absolutely fascinated, all game boys, by uh, by his you know in-game formation changes. I mean, I thought he started off Dino in a four-two-three-one, but actually, when I saw saw it, you know, right from the kickoff, they looked more like the four-two-two-two you know which Tuchel kind of like the four box two I think they call it don't they uh, and I thought oh oh I like that because you got you got Loftus-Cheek and J5 as the first two in midfield and then you had kind of uh, Mount and Gallagher together and I thought that enabled them both to be bombing forward you know blah 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 and I, I think that was clear from what we saw but every time he brought subs on you know he seemed to change the formation to the extent that I just got completely bamboozled by it and gave up trying to be clever and trying to work out what they were doing but i mean at one point i thought he had a a 442 out of possession with Havertz and mount up top and then when he you know brought james and broer on for mount pulisic it looked like he'd gone 3421 so i don't know but i love the fact that he changes it up i think it's fascinating i'd love to i would love to spend a little bit of time with potter and talk him through it because it's interesting it's interesting i'm not normally interested in this kind of shit but i'm interested in it i mean i know you love all this stuff so i want you to talk about it yeah it's something we see with we saw with Tuchel, we saw we see it with Emma Hayes on the women's team that they change shape in and out of possession quite yeah. frequently um i mean asby was sort of playing as a wing back and Cucurella was tucking in to make a free at the back when we didn't we, when, we, when we had the ball, sorry. Uh, Pulisic was staying out wide on, on the left. They could swap that, so Asby dropped in and, and Gallagher went out on the right and Cucurella could get forward. Um, as you said, when they made subs, it was 4-4-2 at one point. It was 4-2-3-1 you know, as well. Dino, I have to say, I nearly at that point got up out of my seat and screamed, 4-4-fucking-2! I was so excited. Yeah, bringing it back in fashion, Graham Potter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it sort of shows that that time when we had a few games cancelled uh, over when the Queen passed away, that he really used that time well. And every player in the squad, we'd make seven changes or not, they can swap formations at will based on a position the ball's on the pitch. And then a player comes on and everything changes round and it doesn't affect the rhythm of the team. I thought I did think the second half sort of played itself out, and I think that's because Wolves weren't in the game. Yeah, uh, I don't think it helped that they were that bad um, as a spectacle. But having said that, it is it is really interesting to watch these players sort of drifting and out of different positions and formations because it must make it incredibly hard to set up against because you go into the game thinking you're facing one thing, and then for ten minutes they're doing something else. You work that out, and they swap it again. How, what effect does that have us on, a, on an opposing coach coming into the game? You know, what are the Milan scouts thinking watching it? Yeah. Okay, we know Chelsea are going to play 3-4-3 three, three or 3-5-2. Three, they might play 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. They might play 4-4-2. Four, four, and then an opposition coach has got to spend so much time working out what to instruct these players to look for, whereas Chelsea seems to be set and ready to go, uh, which is great for us. Yeah, well, it's adaptable, I think, isn't it? Which I like. And I mean, if, if they're having a... If they're, having, if they're under the cosh from the opposition jk you know i get the feeling that that um you know that potter will change it to counteract that i mean you know this is not rocket science most most good managers will do this tuchel used to do it too i mean tuchel well, indeed it. He did. They're, they're all supposed to do it because they've been paid huge amounts of money to do it and they're supposed to be elite coaches mm. so you you hope they're going to be doing mm. it and i thought that tuchel lost that a bit in his um 
He all went a bit sour, JK, didn't he? That's what's happened. Everything. I don't think he was happy, mate. No, and also so many players playing out of position. The bizarreness of. I know we had lots of injuries, but um, it's still. uh, It it just seems with the ease with which. Well, he's only he's been playing against crap opposition, but the ease with it with which Potter has uh, come in and supposedly turned things around. I mean, I just felt the the whole team, the seven people playing the seven players playing with such uh, a magnificent pres- seven yeah hey well said was just um was just uh, yule brinnerish in it the there's a that- there's a there's a freshness about potter isn't there and i think yeah. you know we just said that tuchel all went a bit meh towards the end uh and i think there are lots of reasons for that and i feel for him because i really liked him a lot but there is a freshness about potter he's young but well, he's not that young, actually. But he's he's relatively inexperienced at this level. He's I think he's really excited to have an opportunity like this. Oh, to work work, work with such elite players. Yeah, man, he must he must be yeah. wetting his pants every it's time he goes strength. into work. You can start thinking about who can who can we bring on who will affect the game in yeah. a way. That, uh, so in a sense, it's you know it might be that we're dealing with something that um, uh, with it is it's a new manager bounce with him to an extent. But it's interesting to see all the people who work with him as well. I love the fact that we've got a. We've got a small Scots bulldog on the on the uh, who's his assistant who goes up to the, uh, um, the the fourth official and and clearly has quite um, harsh words to say stuff like hey what's going on here come on you know because you can just you just see him having the and the and the the the, the fourth official just sort of nods and looks as he walks away goes back to his seat I like the fact that there's a there's a kind of Gemmel equivalent or a a Robertson equivalent with. Um, uh, on the bench, and then he's got there's a the the Dan- the Swedish guy you you know is Swedish the large guy with the Swedish features the open face and the uh, um, who takes players aside and has a little word with them whenever they have a a drinks break whenever there's been an injury which has crept in now they these completely illegal coaching sessions that a few years ago if you were came up and had a word with your manager or anybody else the 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 fourth official just you know told you to go away that seems to have been completely forgotten they just Everybody does it now to a degree where any injury is treated as an opportunity to coach, isn't it? So, or supposedly just have some refreshment. But no, it's 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 a coaching moment. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm I mean, in a sense, um, you'd be mad to suggest that somebody who's thrown into a side, having been slowly making his way up, the last team was Brighton, and he suddenly finds himself coaching these players who are. You know, sorry uh, to be to be derogatory about Brighton, but are, are a step above. It must be completely joyous knowing that you can actually say to them, "You think some of them must be brighter, or some of them are going to be have played at such a high level that I suppose it's like a a dancer who you just have to say, "No, you do three of them, two of them, and you two of them," and they go, "Oh, okay," and they do it. In this instance, you say, "I want you to be there, and I want you to to do a certain tactical thing that I don't even know what the vocabulary is for it," and they do it. Because they're on the ball, that's what they do. And I'm, I'm. But once again, with with Potter at the moment, every game is an experiment for me. And you just think the jury is still slightly out. What's it going to be like against Milan on Wednesday? Well, I mean, you know, I'm, and then it's and it's Villa without know? without racing ahead because we can pick up on a lot of these points, yeah. you know, as we go along. There's no kind of real running order per se tonight. But I, I'm with you, J.K. I th- I think I think he I think he's doing really really well. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think a lot of those 
reasons are that freshness that I was talking about and his enthusiasm. I mean, he must be like pinching himself all day going, fuck me, I'm managing Chelsea Football Club with all these players. Like you said, I think he's incredibly empathic. I think that, that he was hired because of his ability to communicate. And that's clearly coming through. Um, I think also, Dino, you know, I know we we uh, we were like a bit befuddled by the. I mean, I, I, honestly, during the match, I kind of got confused because I thought, how many subs have they brought on? They can't bring that many on. I mean, I know they're only allowed to bring on five, but it looked and felt like they brought on a lot more. But I think that the upside of that, actually, you know, because we've all been belly aching about, oh, how's Potter going to cope with two get two proper winner? You know, you must win games a week, blah blah blah. Never had to do that at Brighton, blah blah. Never managed in the Champions League, blah blah blah. But you know, he's he's trying. I think I think he, I think he's doing it right. He, he knows he needs these buggers on side and he knows he need he's going to need them. So he's he's trying to give players a lot of minutes at the moment because I think he knows that we'll need a squad that is both sharp, fit and ready and happy as well. And that's the key point. You know, he needs a happy squad because we've got a mad schedule. So I I think that's why he's doing it, but I think so far so good. But the real issue and the real test is going to be when we lose. So what's he going to do then, eh? Yeah, well, I think it's the same whether you're playing in non-league or the Premier League. If your players aren't happy, they're not going to perform to the level you want them to and they're not going to do the things you ask them to because they're going to question your abilities as a leader and as a, as a coach. I agree there's a freshness of these ideas and that probably works well with what Bowley's doing on the other side. There's a freshness to what he's bringing to the club and Tuchel, I think, was the other side of that. He was the right manager for for Abramovich just at the sort of wrong time because he couldn't man, uh, own the club anymore. Um, you know, it's a worry that sort of on the women's side that Emma Hayes is sort of perfect for what Abramovich had, and maybe when Bodie's takes an interest there, that's going to cause some friction as well. Um, for Pottery, seems to be the perfect Bowley coach, which is great for us because he obviously does the things that the Bowley's looking for in a manager. Um, as you say, when when we lose, is the test. Um, but who's to say we're going to lose? Well, there we go. We never lose. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, we will lose. And, and I mean, you know, again, JK, I mean, we can sit here and opine for, you know, for all the tea in China. But, you know, it's the same rules for every every manager. And all managers have to, you know, come back after a defeat and, and, and try and turn it around. And it's, it's sometimes it's it's easier to do than other times, isn't it? But well, let's, let's, not, let's not think about that moment when we lose, I don't think. Yeah, but we're going to lose because it's inevitable. All teams will lose occasionally. But I think that's, I think that that is when managers earn their corn. I really, really do. That's when you, that's when you see what you're paying for. But can't we just win everything yeah, at home? Yeah, but only, only in your fantasy, JK. I keep <laughs> telling you about this, you know. It's a fantasy, mate. I live in can't, the I live in the real world. Can we be undefeated for the rest of the season no. in the Champions League and the FA no. Cup and the no. title? No. no, but I think I think I think we will. Well, we don't know until it happens, do we? But I think we will. We will see what Potter is all about when we do lose. But uh, until that horrible day, um, the other thing I think Dean's alluding to quite rightly there, mate, is is that I think at this level the biggest problem that managers have is keeping the entire squad happy. They've all got egos the sign of planets. And not, well, they all want to play at the same time, and they can't. And you have to get them to buy into it, buy into the project. But not all of them are going to. And Uranus. I, I, Uranus? Uh, yeah, Uranus. I think a lot of them are in Uranus, mate. You know, it's why you walk funny. But, you know, the reality is, how do you manage some unhappy players? And the other thing is, I know I might be a bit old school here, 
because the evidence before you says, well, if you've got a really good squad of players, then you do have to share it around naturally. But, you know, I, we're always saying on this show, JK, maybe we're just revealing our age, but, well, what's his best team, we say? What's his best? When is he going to play his best team, you know? So he's got to have a best team, hasn't he? Surely. And that means he's going to have, you know, 14 unhappy players. Well, is, we, we, we'll just, is, the, is therefore the team, if you set this doubt amongst the players, is that he's not telling you what the best team is. Do you remember we had a, a period where we thought that, I think Viali did it. Do you remember Viali? Viali. I can't help he's it. It's it. an automatic response. He said he wanted to have a team that played in Europe and a team that played in the uh, in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, uh, and on reflection, that was a load of bollocks. It but was, it was, wasn't it? it really? was, yeah, it was. It, it, didn't, it didn't last very long. We're a continental job. team playing in England, as Colin yeah. Hutchinson said. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I've been intrigued to see what the, the, the Milan side is. And then it'd be interesting to see whether the Villa side is um, once again completely different. Well, now the precedence has been set. Dino? I think the idea of a best team was, is, is gone. You, you know, do. From, I told you I was being an old git, but tell me more. Well, do you, sort of, with Jose first time around, you knew the team he was going to pick. With Wenger, you knew the team he was going to pick. With Fergie, you knew the team he was going to pick. Well, Potter's bringing in five or six formations for one game. Mm. Every team he's going to pick, every formation he's going to pick, he's going to depend on what that opponent is, what their skills are, what we need to do to counter that. So there is no best team of 11 players. But there's a best setup that changes in game and for games. So while we see sort of Havertz play this game, the Bamiyang might play the next one, and then Havertz comes back in. This sort of thing, there's not a sort of there's players that will play, but there's they're lesser in number than they were sort of 10, maybe 15 years ago. You're looking at sort of three or four rather than seven or eight regular players. So in my was Ranieri right all along? He would be if he was managing now. Well, yeah. he, he, he would he be. Now, but, yeah, but JK, he would be if any of his changes actually made any fucking sense. Oh, yeah, or, and worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. bringing Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and playing him as a left back. Not really, yeah, yeah. Claudio. Bringing Robert Houthon and playing him as a right back. Exactly yeah. that. Bringing, um, who was the player that uh, that they hadn't played at all all season who played in the semi final? Veron. Veron, yeah, yeah, for fuck's yeah, sake. fuck's sake. Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, look, I know, it's interesting actually, you mentioned Fergie. Uh, I mean, I don't want to big Fergie up at all, but I know for a fact, I mean, it's on he's, it's on record that, that actually, he, you know, he would rotate, you know, a lot. And actually what he, he would know what team he wanted to play three or four matches in advance all the time. And he would bring players in depending on that match. And he would tell them three or four matches. And he said, you, don't worry, I'm, you're not playing next week or the week after, but I'm having you for this match against whoever. So I mean he was a he was I mean whatever one thinks of Fergie he was an absolutely superb man manager and and manager period so he did that so I don't I don't think you can say that he 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 would pick his best eleven all the time because I think he thought about it a bit because they were all you know they were in the same boat they were playing two two big matches every week effectively weren't they so I don't know I I, I think uh, I think I think really. Your point is absolutely spot on. I think tactically, you kind of need to do that these days. And I th- I've got no problem with the horses for courses approach at all, because I think tactically you need to be doing that these days. But also, it will it will keep the players interested and, and, and engaged and galvanised in what this is all about. My only concern on the other side is, for example, you know, we all know, come on. I mean, I know I'm an old git, I'm going to say it again, but the common sense is, is that you've got to, 
a back four or back five who played together regularly so they get some you know some semblance of cohesion in what they do and you can say the same about the strikers as well you know that's always been about partnerships god i'm sounding like kerry here but you know there's there's a fact about it isn't there so if you if you just play somebody who hasn't played for three or four weeks are they going to be sharp enough to be able to deliver on the day if they're coached in the week on attacking patterns and places of play then it doesn't matter which player comes in i mean when was the last time Pulisic, mountain havertz played together they all combined quite well on saturday they have played together a fair bit in the past though haven't they but not for a while as recent So there's not sort of that build-up of games where they come to a point where they're peaking at all at the same time. They're playing under instruction into spaces and into ways of playing that gets the best out of them. So it doesn't matter which play you pick up and put in, they're doing the same things mm. and that's getting the best out of them. So you don't need to have someone playing every week. I mean, you want to because they're like Sterling, you want Sterling to play every week because he's so good. Well, I don't, I don't think he's at the moment, actually, Dino. I've got to be honest there. Yeah, I think he's learning a difference in what Potter wants, and I think that's an effect of that. For someone like Mount, you want Mount to play because even when he's not playing great, he's still affecting the game. Yeah, and it doesn't matter where he plays; he's going to have a, a decent enough game. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's about the coaching rather than picking the same players. Yeah, um, there was a very good article on Havertz in the Athletic today, actually, about um, his lack of goals, considering that um, he was ninety million. And uh, I hadn't realised he was that expensive um, uh, and that he, he should be scoring more. And because uh, yeah. um, uh, he can't say that it was just, he, you know, he plays elsewhere and provides. He's not like a winger. He's not like a, uh, what was I reading an article on Wagstaff um, played for Wolves. who didn't score that many goals, but contributed. And that was kind of, you were allowed to have that as a contributor. Hausman was an example of that. Peter Hausman could, didn't score a great number of goals, scored one in the 1970s. Cup final at Wembley, but was more of a um, a perfect foil for Peter Osgood. He laid the ball on Peter oh, Osgood. In, so, in recent memory, Heskey and Owen. Yes, an example, yeah. yeah no. Be- Beardsley and Lineker. As Havertz should be scoring more according to, um, I think, the positions he gets into. He, he, is, he does miss the goal an enormous amount. I know. Who's supposed to be, you know, top banana striker? I don't think he's just. I just don't think he's been in good form for a while. But I also don't think that it's helped playing for Chelsea in that period when we none of you know nobody could hit a cow's ass with a banjo. You know that's got to affect things for you. You know it, it just has to. So again, you know, look, I know I'm a big Havertz fan. Dino knows this because in our in our you know. Uh, pre-season predictions I said that Havertz is going to be our top scorer so I've already fucked up on that one because that ain't happening period but uh, I still think it's a bit early but I, I think I think he's got this season really you know if he if he's not if he's not had a significant improvement this season then you've got to you've got to you know that's what's going to happen at this club I, hey, I you know absolutely agree completely if they're not if they're not cutting it then they're going to yeah. get better people in yeah that's that's the way that this 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 lot will roll I think yeah. I, mean, I don't so, think it helps that um, Haaland's scoring so many goals either. Oh, but I don't think you can really fairly compare anybody to Haaland because he is a freak. Yeah, but when you're paying more money than you paid, they paid for him. Yeah, but I don't think the money's an issue. Help. I don't think the money's an issue, Dean. You know, I mean, it's just it was just a quirk of fate. I mean, Haaland always wanted to go to play for City because his old man played there. 
and just the way that his his uh, contract at Dortmund was structured, it just meant that City could get him for that much. I mean, he already wanted to go there. It's just one of those things. You know, if we'd have offered twice that amount of money, it, we still wouldn't have got him because he was always going to go to City. You know, so I don't I don't think the money... I think, the you know, you can't... I don't think you can just label things on, oh, it's about the money because I think the money is quite complicated underneath all of that. There's a lot of other things going on. But he's a freak, mate. I mean, he is a freak. He's probably going to score 60 goals this season. I mean, that's fucking nuts in the Premier League, isn't it? It's Dixie Dean all over again. Who? Who's Dixie. he? Who's he? Played for Everton. Please who, who are they? Dixie. I know, I know. Yeah, well, we always get upset about that, don't we? That everybody just talks about the bloody Premier League. But uh, you're right, Dixie Dean scored. He did score about sixty goals in a season, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he did. Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, it's just we're living oh. in very interesting times, I think. And I'm, I'm in. I, I think, I think Potter is basically, or you know, he is making a difference, like very much along the, the lines that that Dino was saying. I, you know. The, the the worry that I had about Potter was that you're going to get a lot of these, you know, high-profile players who can be very exacting. I mean, you, you hear this all the time, you know, that they, they turn their noses up at the training if it's not good enough for them. You know, they're, they're like bloody racehorses, a lot of them. And they could have turned around to Potter and said, mate, who the fuck are you? What have you ever won? Who did you play for? You know, there could have been a bit of that. But he played for Borough. Didn't he play for Stoke? He did, he against us in 95, yeah, when we yeah. got knocked out by the bastards. But... Fancy Potter playing for the Potters. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought, eh? Um, but, you know, if he hasn't got that... I, do you know what? I, I, I think there's possibly a humility about Potter and a humanity about Potter that the players are buying into at the moment. I just hope that that lasts. But I think it's working for him at the moment. I just, I, it's a happy place. You can see it. It's good. I'm loving it. Now, listen, last point I want to make in this part is something that I'm really, really, really chuffed to see. And and it's twofold, really. One is it's the number of homegrown players are getting picked. We had six that played yes, against Wolves. We had six that played against Milan. This is fantastic as far as I'm concerned. But even better, they are all excelling, I think. And that's lovely. I love to see it. So it tells me that, that uh, I mean, I think this is, a, a you know, very much a, Bowley, a part of the Bowley plan, I have to say. Uh, if you think about, they they were thinking about, or there was rumours they wanted to bring Hudson Odoi back. You know, they were instrumental in keeping Conor Gallagher here, apparently, and other things like that. So I think it's part of the Bowley plan, but it's good to see it happening because my belief is that you know when the when the shit hits the fan and the going gets tough, it's the players who have grown up in the club and understand the history and the culture and are desperate to play for it who still put in the shift and they keep it going when the others just go, oh fuck it, I can't be asked to get a transfer somewhere else. We know who we're talking about here. So, Dino, I'm I'm really, really encouraged to see that this is happening. And I have a suspicion that had Tommy T stayed, it might not have done. I think that's, I think it's a bit unfair on Tuchel because I think the, I think we think of how things ended rather than how they started. I and mean, he did you know keep Calibre around last season when he could have easily let him go and brought someone else in. So I think he, there was trust from him, but I think where the things sort of went down. He went back to sort of the old ways of what coaches do when they pick experienced players. And maybe because he lost a few of them at the end. Um, but yeah, it, it brings a, a special connection when you're in the stands, I think, because all these players are living out our dreams. You know, we all wanted to play for Chelsea. We're just not good enough. So when these players... Mate, I was hardly that, good enough to play for Ropley Tigers, mate. <laughs> yeah, likewise. 
So, you know, we, we live our dreams through these players coming through the academies, supporting the club, you know, eight years old, sort of Reese James and Mason Mount now, you know, some of the best players in the world. I think you appreciate them more as, as players. It brings a, a togetherness in the group and in the stands as well. And I think Bodie's sort of clever enough to, to understand that and know what that's going to feed off in terms of creating atmosphere. I mean, you see in the box, he has all these celebrities. Um, it's about building Chelsea's image. And when they come to games and there's a great atmosphere because the fans are connected to, to the players, it does everything that he wants it to do in that sense. I mean, if they turn up and Sarri was manager, they're going to go back and be raving about Chelsea. They're not going to be able to grow the brand that way. Um, so I think that's important as well as as what you're able to do within sort of bringing in top players because you're not paying off sort of massive salaries to other players that you're bringing in like Drinkwater and Saba Costa. Yeah, well, that, 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 I hope those days are long gone. Got a question for you about celebrities in the box. Um, why was James Corden the fat West Ham fan in the box next to Bowley. Because he's available to the highest bidder for anything. There's nothing he says no to that man. He's a West Ham fan. Yeah, pretend. Well, he's, yeah, well, he's a Hollywood now, isn't he? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I just wondered why he was in there. Maybe we're going to see Bowley doing that stupid car karaoke thing. I don't know. Yeah, well, he's in LA, isn't he, um, yeah. Corden? He is, he is. JK. But it, but it, we're talking about it, so you know it achieved it. Yeah, achieved yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I don't really care who he has in the box. Really, it's his box. He can have whoever he likes in there. Really, um, I am, I am intrigued by the fact that I do think he may, as Dean was saying, JK. I think he may well understand the both the commercial and the uh, emotional benefits of getting good youngsters coming through and doing really, really well. I think I think there has to be a, a caveat on it. And Dean was right to, to stand up for Tommy T. I wasn't trying to, to diss Tuchel, Dino. I really wasn't because I absolutely love the bones of the man. But... A lot of people are now in the club. A lot of people, lots of people. Oh, I think they've been doing it from the word go. I, I moaned about that in my last CFC UK article and told them to fuck off, basically. But look, we, we all know that it doesn't matter where you're from or, or who you are, you've got to put it in. You've got to perform. If you're not performing, then they'll get somebody else in who will. That's elite sport. But I think it's lovely when we see our youngsters, you know, excelling and doing well because I do genuinely believe that they have more connection to the club. They've been there a long time. They understand its culture and history. That's why we identify them. That's why they identify with us. I actually think the owners must be um, delighted with their purchase about the potential that the club has got because of their huge amount of money and their experience of making um, LA Dodgers and the Lakers mm. into two of the best teams in America will be applied to this club. And I think the fact that the um, uh, the uh, uh, that Cobham is, is such a, a success and the fact that they can buy whoever they want to buy, you, you know, you can have to remember that some of these guys they've got playing for them, the Lakers and the LA Dodgers, they uh, Lakers and LA Dodgers, they they pay two hundred and fifty million dollars a year for to have them in the team, and and they're happy to do that because it maintains the the level of of ex expertise and excellence, and the very fact we are owned by owners like that, the uh, and it's it, it will they must absolutely be looking at the potential uh, and thinking we have bought the most brilliant club in the world to make something out of 
and uh, these are very potentially great times for the club. I know I know that there were great times with um, Roman, but Roman, you know, sat back and just paid for stuff and allowed Bruce Buck and and uh, what's her face to uh, um, to to run it. And I think this is going to be run in a very very efficient way that is very different to the way the club has been. Well, very hands on. Very yeah yeah. But you know, at the same time, with a joy, joyously hands on. Yeah, and I think he will bring as many stars as he wants to watch the club. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The club, you know, I don't think it matters. You know, Corden is a big star in America. Um, and as, and you know, hats off to Corden, who with a very small talent has actually <laughs> managed to have an, an enormous success. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but he has though. You just look and you the think. The deadpan oh, way yeah. you did that, mate. That was quality. Thank you very much. <laughs> But, you know, but no, but there, there will be more and more people like that in the box with him, you know, because that's it gets advertised and it'll be all over America. It's all over that, that story. Not only is it in England, it's in America, too. It's canny. You know, I, I, I'm just um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the potential of everything with huge excitement. I think it's wonderful. Marvellous. OK, well, that's a lovely note to end part two on. Uh, now, as you know, because I did say this earlier, for those of you who are listening earlier, not dozing off or talking to each other in the ranks. No, no talking to each other in the ranks, Mixler. Uh, we've got Sheridan Bird, my uh, dear old mate, uh, who, uh, you know, basically he does the commentary for AC Milan, but he's also a football writer and broadcaster out in Italy. So he's going to be coming on in a minute to talk about uh, the AC Milan versus Chelsea match from the Milan perspective. So that'll be interesting. So don't go away and uh, we will see you in a jiffy. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and uh, as always, I'm uh, joined, uh, aided and abetted by my fellow partner in crime. 
the uh, Right Honourable Lord of the Privy Seal, uh, the Honourable Jonathan Kidd. I veered there from partner in crime. I was going to go, all right, then, yeah, thanks, Chief. Yeah, I, I, I swerved, mate. I swerved, didn't I? I'll say, cheerio. No, that means I'm going. So, I mean, I mean, bung-ho, that's better. Indeed. Yeah. How are you? All right, enjoying it so far? Yeah, great, great show. It's been fun so. tonight, isn't it? Dino's been on fire. Yeah, it's the quality of the guests, mate. Always the quality of the guests, you Always. see. Dino, great to see you, mate. We've been saying all, all evening how lovely it is to have you back on the show. Uh, the voice of reason and sanity amongst a sea of madness and chaos. So there you go. Yeah, it's good to be back, but I'm the not-so-special guest in this part. This is actually true, much as it shames me to have to say that, but it is. Because right about now, it is time for this. Yes, that's right. We loved him so much uh, on the show last week. It would have been remiss and very rude not to invite him back. And he's such a lovely, lovely chap. He agreed to come on uh, for the second week as well. He is the one, the only Sheridan Bird, who, of course, is uh, a, well, he's a football writer and broadcaster, but mainly in Serie A in Italy. Uh, but in particular, I didn't know this last week when we talked about it, Shezza, but you, I didn't know you did the commentaries for AC Milan. Yes, hello everybody. It, yeah, it is. I do the English language commentaries for um, for Milan across mm-hmm. the board, as it were. The men's team, the women's team, and the youth team who mm-hmm. played Chelsea last week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, absolutely, yeah. It's always a pleasure to be back. Uh, it's always a pleasure to see you guys and uh, chat about Chelsea and go through a few old memories as well. Mm-hmm. So, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to it i had fun last time let's see if we can top that tonight mate you you got a lot of love last week on twitter because i know you're not on twitter but people were saying oh is that sharon and burblay he was really good on the opposition basically anybody who talks more coherently about football than us gets lots of love so it's not too hard not difficult is it no Church, not difficult no but you did well, you got a lot of love that's nice to hear uh, that's nice to hear i hope the people that were saying those nice things were um were, were not paid you by know. you Yes, and also had their mental faculties. That... <laughs> well, there is if they're that. listening to this podcast, they probably didn't. So. No, you need... You, yeah, exactly. If you, the, the, if you have mental faculties and you listen to this show, then not good. Uh, right, OK, let's get into the old football. Uh, first of all, mate, let's kind of have a little bit of a recap on last week, really. I'm curious about how the uh, defeat of Milan went down in Italy generally last week. Because I know they had lots of injuries, but they were pretty poor, man. They were pretty poor, I thought. Yeah, as, people, as people, you predicted, Sheridan. You predicted yeah, he did, didn't he? Got a spot. Well, what did I predict? I can't remember. What did I predict that they'd lose? Yeah, yes. And you said yeah. they were they're going to be really poor because they've got nine replacements. Mm. What you said? Mm. Yeah, I didn't expect them to be that poor. Though. That's the thing. Um, it hasn't gone. It didn't go down well. There were excuses with the injuries, but there was mass disappointment because it it wasn't figuratively the best of Italy. It was literally the champions. Mm. It doesn't get better than that. So it was the best of Italy on show against uh, one of the best of um, of England, and it just it was like watching different sport. It reminded me of when um, Juventus came to your place. I know we discussed it last week, but you took them apart. Reese James absolutely murdered uh, the Juventus uh, rear guard, and and Reese James or Rejay, as my brother calls him, uh, destroyed another Italian side. Um, so no, I was shocked. The press were, you know, disappointed but weren't too nasty. You know, they didn't go overboard because there's masses of respect for Chelsea, masses. Mm. Um, but uh, they're just hoping that things will be different. And the signs are going from what happened on the weekend that it could be different in front of a packed San Siro, etc., which I'm sure we'll get into. We will. Tamori did a very um, uh, passionate, um, um, angry 
tweet today about how he wanted to redress the balance in the game. Yeah, he was rubbish, I thought. He was terrible. And uh, been vindicated as getting rid of him, having stuck up for him for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but he was um, just said it won't be the same. You're going to see the real Milan on Wednesday, is what yeah, he said. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I was I was again I was shocked. I mean, none of them performed. Leao had a few nice moments, but it not looks enough. Good. Looks a good player. Looks very good. Yeah. He looks lazy good, he... though. Sheza lazy. Never runs back. Just sits no, with his arms on his hips. Some some attacking players, I think, you know, don't really need to do that. And when they deliver the goods, they can get away with it. Yeah. But when they don't deliver the goods, they just look lazy. It doesn't look great. But Tamori, yeah, I mean, occasionally in the Champions League, because without being a cliche monger, it is a step up. And occasionally in the Champions League, Tamori struggles a bit because he just he doesn't go up against teams like Chelsea every mm. week in Italy, as we spoke about last week. And yeah, Tamori had a poor game. Mm. Tamori was was poor, but he was brilliant at the weekend though good all right we'll talk about that in a minute but just uh just finally on on last week's game i mean jk is right i mean i i, I was impressed with leo i think he, he looks great there was something quite hazard-esque about him i thought i mean i know they're very different players he's very muscular big guy but the way he ru- just keeps running into the box beating people for fun there's something about him that i i liked but basically reese james kind of had him in his pocket so what what did the italians think of that because i mean i know leo's considered to be quite a hell of a well a hell of a player in Italy, isn't he he is. I think they just said what I was uh, relaying a few moments ago that it just it's a different level. It is the Champions League should be harder. Mm. As, that, as Roy Keane always says, you know, it's a, when he when he gets a bit upset in that in that cork or that cove accent when he says it's supposed to be hard to win mm. trophies. Well, the Champions League is supposed to be harder than Serie A, and it clearly was. And Leao escaped a few times, but yeah, they they were just saying that this is the level that Milan are aiming for. They're not quite comfortable at the um, top end of the Champions League, let's say. Uh, last year, they didn't do too well against Liverpool. And this year, they obviously got... Um, they, they did very poorly at uh, Stamford Bridge. So, so yeah, Leao had his moments. Um, I, I thought it was quite funny watching some of the English-language commentators on TV saying that he um, he should come in a bit more. He stays out too wide. I found that quite amusing because he, he stays out wide deliberately. It's a, it's a team order and it works. So... Um, there wasn't anything wrong with the tactics for Milan. It just didn't come together and they just looked a bit... I don't want to say out of their depth because, you know, it's, maybe that's not true. But they just looked a bit like, OK, we're playing someone, a team that we don't face the likes of this very often. Mm. Um, they beat Juve this weekend, though. Um, that was, was that expected? Yeah, because Juventus are really, really struggling in every capacity you can think of. They're struggling for an identity on the pitch. They're struggling with injuries. They're struggling off the pitch a bit. Um, so, yeah, they were expected to beat uh, Juventus, but I don't think no one, anyone expected them to be so convincing. Um, and they were. They were very good. And that's the, that's the crazy thing that uh, Jonathan alluded to, is that Tomori scored a really good goal and kept the Juventus defenders, attackers rather, at bay. Rafaelao had a uh, had, had a decent game. Um, they're they're kind of reserve number ten. Uh, the Spaniard, ex Real Madrid, even Abraham Diaz, scored a really good goal. So it was night and day. And some might say the reason for that was because one of their key players, the the flying left fullback Teo Hernandez, was back, and he should be back against Chelsea. So you know, back at their own stadium at San Siro with Teo Teo Hernandez back involved, it could be different mm. will they still have that uh, the core being injured um well they're still they're without their right back and their captain so he's out till january i think so he'll be he'll be out but um 
having Teo Teo Hernandez, the uh, the French the French flying fullback back is very important. The midfield should be the same. I don't think anyone's suspended, so it should be Tonali and Ben Asser who just they they drowned in the Chelsea midfield. And to be fair, there's no shame in that because Potter, as I'm sure you guys could expand upon, Potter is starting to put together something quite interesting, and the midfield. Um, you know, was decent, I gather, at the weekend uh, against Wolves. And Benacer and Tonali just, you know, they, they drowned in the blue sea, let's say, in uh, in London. Mm. Which is an interesting, it was a rarity for teams recently, particularly under Tuchel, where the midfield was at the most vulnerable. So yeah. it's it's interesting to see the way that this is evolving, actually. I mean, the reality is, Sheridan, I mean, you know, in recent history, we were leaking goals and not scoring them. And it was neither the defence or the, or the attack's problem. It was the midfield. Who would not be able to do either either bits of their job? So, <laughs> the fact that Potter's kind of come in and is beginning to sort a lot of things out is really encouraging. Um, it's kind of weird. I mean, I know it's only a group game, so in 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 you know, it's not like a two-legged affair where there's something on it. If you see what I mean, but the group as it is is very interesting because you know Salzburg are top with five points, Chelsea are second on goal difference with four, Milan are third with four, and Zagreb are on three. So there's two points dividing all four teams now. We've been down this horror show before under Rafa Benitez when we went out having, you know, scored the most points to come third, I think, ever. So there is still a lot going on. So, you know, given how tight the group is, I mean, how do you think Milan are going to approach this? You're right. It certainly is tight. And this this game, you said there's not a lot riding on it. And, and you're right in the sense that it's only a group game. But it, it, I think it is... I. Dare I say a six-pointer? Because you don't want to lose. You don't want to lose this one, uh, Chelsea or Milan. Milan will be going for it. Don't worry. They they don't really play cautiously under Pioli. Um, I would say to all Chelsea fans, just delete what you saw at Stamford Bridge because they're not that bad. Um, San Siro is intimidating, but Chelsea is Chelsea are a hardened squad, so it's not as if it's not as if it's a team of novices who will go there and get scared. They've got some proper. Some proper pros, you could say, in that team and that squad, but it still it will make a difference. The San Siro, the Milan fans at San Siro in the last two years have been fantastic. They've been really, they've been back to their best with their um, displays, their 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 chanting, whatever you want to call it. So it will be fairly intimidating, and I, I stand by the fact actually that it is a, a six pointer. You, you really don't want to lose. It's a draw might be okay for both teams because this is uh after this the matches become a bit more simple mm-hmm. that's a very the good fans were terrific at the bridge by the way the uh the milan, milan fans fantastic didn't stop for the whole of the three nil with yeah. the chance yeah some, they they some dress in black don't they they're all dressed in black I think some of them are wearing North Face tops, which takes the. Uh... Well, they're wearing puffer jackets, J.K. Yeah, they, they love were... they love a puffer jacket. Lots in Italy. of them were, which makes makes it look slightly less. Uh, um, um, aggressive, you know. You just think, actually, no, they're just wearing something. If for... you go up to them with a cigarette, you can burst them. You can burst yeah. them, apparently. They, they, they kind of whiz off like a balloon. Like a Michelin man. That's, That's what right. Happens. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, talking to the San Siro, Chesa. I mean, it's an absolutely iconic stadium. I mean, we we've got a song that we still sing now, which honours Dennis Wise scoring a excuse my French a fucking great goal with ten minutes to go in the San Siro. I mean, it is an iconic stadium. Is it? I mean, am I right in thinking about they're going to knock it down soon? Well, it's a it's a hot potato because they've been talking about it for a while. Because I don't know, you guys might know, and your 
your listeners and your viewers might know that in Italy to own your own stadium is actually quite rare. There's only three teams currently own their own stadium, Juventus, Sassuolo and Udinese. But that's how you make money. If you don't own your stadium, you rent it from the council. You don't make as much money. So Inter uh, and Milan want to have their own ground so they can keep all that lovely money and buy fat, uh, not buy fans, <laughs> buy as a Freudian slip, buy, um, <laughs> buy, <laughs> buy players rather, super players. So, um, so they're talking about knocking it down and building both clubs, building their own new stadium. But the problem is with planning permission, with organising these things, particularly in Italy, it takes years. Roma have been talking about building a stadium since the days of uh, the Colosseum, and that's not even finished. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's let's talk about it, and lots of people would be very sad. But um, I don't expect it to happen soon. Fiorentina have got an American owner who wants to build a new stadium. But the council are dragging their feet. Likewise with Napoli, their colourful president, De Laurentiis, wants to uh, do stuff with the stadium or build his own stadium. And uh, so if it does happen, I think it will be it won't be for a very, very long time. It's a shame, though, because, I mean, you know, the San Siro it is one of the world's iconic stadiums. Stadio Dell'Alpi Del was, I thought, an iconic stadium. Um, I don't remember what, what, what it's called in Napoli, but that's an amazing stadium. And you've got all those memories going back to the 80s when Maradona was you know, winning them, winning them Serie A. Um, just trying to think of a few others, really. But, that, that, you know, I just remember, you know, I think Italia 1990 is planted a yeah. seed in those of us who are old enough to watch it. Sorry, Dean. Um, you know, these really iconic... I mean, that was that one... Um, oh, fuck. Genoa playing. That's a mad yeah, stadium. That's based, that's based on Preston's stadium yeah. as well. It's very British, in yeah. inverted commas. Um, yeah, San Siro does look cool, but it's a, it's a bit tatty and, um, you know, they just want to build something super fashionable and super modern mm. and um, things do get knocked down and get quickly forgotten, forgotten, excuse me. So it's like, I think if they build something new, you know, people would still have yeah. the memories would not. What I'm saying is if they knock it down, it doesn't mean the memories have yeah. to go as well. No, that's very good it's point. Just interesting. But, when they were built, though, they were all iconic because mm. they were the councils must have been investing so much money in it you almost feel that they're they're quite keen to ca- carry on with the investment they made because it's an iconic stadium and yet it was built I don't know how many years ago and it was just you, know, you feel oh my goodness why can't we build stadia like that because it was so brilliant yeah. yeah exactly exactly i if anything i think everything's a bit uh monochromatic now mm. most of the modern grounds to me just look they look all the same and, yeah. and some of them are quite soulless and quite miserable but San Siro certainly isn't that the only thing I'd say about San Siro is it gets so cold and um it's just I don't know why because it's not particularly exposed but it's freezing I've watched matches there in November and December and January and February uh, and even March and I've seen the Angels <laughs> bloody hell talking yeah. of which mate I mean we've got a lot of Chelsea fans going over there I know, I know a lot of them are out there already what can they expect from their little trip to Milan not on the footballing front but visiting Milan lots to do there's lots of it depends what you want if you're if you just want to go over there uh, neck a few pints and go to the match there's there's English style or Irish style pubs you can go to um, if you're a bit more discerning or you're with your partner or your children or other people's children or whatever, there's uh, things you can do. <laughs> so there's bars, there's restaurants. If you've got a few days, there's galleries. It's like I call Milan a mini London because it's very multicultural, very cosmopolitan. It's got art. It's got, if you like yoga, it's got yoga. I mean, now I'm straying from the 
Chelsea fans, because I don't think they'll be going there to do some yoga. You would be surprised. You would be surprised. You would would be surprised. But they did have uh, the Milan defence in knots. Oh, they did. They did. They did. But yeah, it's a great city, but it won't be warm. Don't come over thinking, uh, don't make the mistake that I made seven years ago when I moved here, that it'll be nice and warm. It's Italy. No, it would be cold. So bring... Bring your Chelsea trackie and your uh, and your Chelsea and if, scarf. If you want to fit in, wear a puffer jacket. If you want to fit in, wear a puffer jacket and uh, wrap up though, because it's it's it's. Is it it's cold, cold there now? Yeah, it, I've got the window open for some reason, and it's cold. So yeah, because you're English, you see, that's what it is. We, we well, I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm drying some clothing, some laundry, like the old the old fashioned way. So you know what you have to do? You have to you have to hang your your wet clothes or your damp clothes in the kitchen. Uh, that's what Viali did. That's how he used to get the creases out of his clothes. Did you know that? No, but I was thinking you were going to say what you have to do is buy a tumble dryer. Oh yeah, there is that. I'm sure Viali could afford a tumble dryer. No, he liked it. He felt it was better. It made the it made the creases come out. Is it's, any it, of that true? Is yeah, any yeah, of that yeah. True? It's in Paolo Di Canio's autobiography because he thought that Luca was mad. Luca would wash all of his clothes at once, hang them in the kitchen, and wander around the flat naked. This is absolutely true. It's in Paolo Di Canio's yeah. uh, autobiography. Silence. Silence. Stunned. Yeah. I've stunned Sheridan into silence. That does not happen very often. Well, there's a reason. That's true. I was trying to think of a joke about Paolo Di Canio, Raphael, right wingers, and I thought, let's not go down that Well, funnily route, enough, so he well. talks about Italian fascism, and on the next page, he <laughs> Here gives, we go, yeah. yeah he to- the next, literally, the next page, he gives you his recipe for the best tiramisu ever. Only Paolo Di Canio could do that. Yeah, I'm surprised you read that, being a fan of uh, a different London team. I'm surprised. Well, no, you... but I like Paolo Di Canio because he was he was just a character. He's nuts. He was a he was a character, as they say. Character. He was a, a he character. Was. He, yes. I would say he I would say he was a loon. I'm not as polite as you. I interviewed yeah. Harry Redknapp about Paolo Di Canio, and do you know what he said to me? I'd like to know. He said he's a loon. Just what you so said. He's, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mm. I, I used to enjoy that. But uh, yeah, no, they'll have a great time. They'll have a great time. It's yeah. uh, you can do it. You, the food's good. You know, you get some pizza, pasta. If you if you're a sucker for punishment, you can have some polenta, uh, you know, which is uh, I would stray from that. I think I think I don't know if you guys uh, eat polenta, but it's an I, I don't believe in a northern Italian food. I think it's terrible. Southern mm. Italian stuff, make it happen. Pasta, mm. pizza, but polenta I'd give to dogs in prison. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I think they do, don't they? Give it to dogs in prison. They probably do. Yeah, yeah. They should do. They yeah, should yeah, do. Yeah. Or cut down the crime rate. A gastronomic review from Sheridan Bird. Who'd have thought it? Listen, mate. Um, before we let you go, how do you see it going, and what's your prediction? Right, I still think Chelsea are better than che- uh, better than Milan. I still think Chelsea are too strong for Milan. But I think it will be harder, uh, and I think Milan will score. And if Teo Hernandez is playing, it'll take. It'll be a conundrum. It'll be a puzzle for Graham Potter to solve, maybe in match. Now I gather maybe you guys can help that he changes formation in the match, doesn't he? he does. Someone yeah. said the, la- the last fifteen minutes of the match at the weekend didn't he change it radically? Yeah. yeah. But he brought on all the players. All the substitutes were on. So you're just thinking, oh, it's, it's got completely different. So. How many did they play at the back at the weekend in the start? Starting four. Lineup? Four. Four. And then he went three. He played Koulibaly and um, uh, Dave on the right, didn't he? But yeah. it was flexible, mate. He was changing all the time. It's obviously like a lot of them do. You know, there was one formation for on, being an attack. The other, you know, when they're in possession and when they're out of possession. But he, he changed it Love radically that. when he was bringing, you know, all sorts of people on and off. So... Uh, but it started out kind of four two three one, which was more of a four two two two, I think, at the beginning. But yeah, it, yeah. And then he played. He was playing four four two at one stage towards the end of the match. So. When when they're watching all this, I wonder what people like Tony Pulis think. 
confusion. Or anger, just rage. Like, this what is you not do, football. What you do, yeah. You don't, you don't think it might be, I've never, why didn't I play like that? You think it's more, no, 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 this isn't proper this football. This is no, it's rage. It's yeah. not admitting, it's yeah. not, it's, and Sam Allardyce as well. I think it's pure anger. Like, what's he doing? Formations don't win football matches. Well, you, you know? know what? You know, you know, we're good mates with Kerry Dixon on this here show. Kerry yeah. would say this. You know, you could have like a, a Kerry phrase book of phrases that he's got. He would always say, Chid, shut up. Systems don't win matches, players do. Every week well, he would say that to me. Well, he's old school, and obviously Kerry Dixon did a lot more than I did, but uh, and I respect his opinion. I think he managed my hometown football team as well, Letchworth Garden City. <laughs> I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, I think so. Ask him that next will, time you, you see him. Um, but yeah, so I think Mila, I think Chelsea will win, but mm. I think it'll be a lot harder. Um, it has to be, otherwise Milan are going to have to really answer some questions. Are they lions in in their own backyard, but lambs when they're on the continent? Will, will so, they do um, what uh, Inter did the other day, which is against Barca, which is will they practice the dark arts if they're one up? Will they just spend the whole of the second half falling over? Because that's what Inter did. They, from what I heard, Inter, well, from what I saw, Inter, they parked the bus as well as yes. much as the dark. Yes. I don't think Milan will do that. I don't think Pioli would do that. Um, I hope they don't because also they're not cut out for it. One, it would be, wouldn't be a great spectacle. Two, they don't, yeah. they're not they cut do. out for it. But I think I think I still think Chelsea are too strong. I think Chelsea now they're finding their feet under older Graham Potter. Chelsea have got quite. I mean Loftus Cheek. He's one of my faves. And I'm so glad that Loftus Cheek is getting a look in. He, he, we were, just, he we were just discussing him earlier. Just saying that it needs to go up a, even more and more of a level to actually be the player you, we you think. were. Um, I, sorry, start again. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'm a Chezer on here that, on this. Yeah. His yeah, he, style, he reminds me of uh, of uh, an old Ollie. friend of Chidji. And Ma- no, Michael Balak. Mm, Michael Balak, Mickey Balak. Okay, okay. Yeah, Good point. yeah his style, because he's a, he's a big driving yeah. midfield force, like I'm sure David Chidji was as a younger man. He gives the ball away a bit too often. Though, that's what I used to do, actually. Give you the did the second away. part. That's the part oh, I meant, yeah. giving the ball away. No, I think, I, think, I think Chelsea will have the measure of Milan, but I think it, it, will, be, it will be a good performance. Apart from the result, it will be a good performance for the confidence of uh, Milan for Italian football um, I mean Giroud just didn't really have have a look in against you and um, it showed that he's yeah. used to playing against people who aren't as gifted as uh, Thiago Silva mm. yeah, I, felt, I, felt, I felt for him because he, he was brilliant for us particularly in the Europa League but he was just not involved at all that was always yeah. going to happen against Silva though he's a very canny yeah. defender yeah. all right mate you're going to stick a score on it can I just make one more point just quickly no the manager Piolo, was it Piolo, isn't it? Pioli, was, Pioli, Pioli was was because I just sit above where, where they're, they're talking, non-stop talking to the fourth official, non-stop about everything, every single moment, and also doing this a lot. But there was a lovely moment. He was where, asking where the nearest he, Italian restaurant was. <laughs> lovely Chelsea moment. is not far, where, is it? No, not far, far at all. Just across the road, where Chilwell came over, and they had a very long chat, and they embraced each other. And he kept patting him on the face, Chilwell. And I wonder what on earth they were talking about. It was a lovely moment. He just seemed very... I think Is that he, tapping up, Jonathan? I was, it could very well have been that. Do you want to come and play for us? Because he had a good game, did Chilwell. Yeah, good, good point. But it was lovely just to see that that kind of approach as well, which I, I, I was very... He's impressed. a good guy. Yeah, Pioli's a good guy, I have to say. Not every manager in the world is my cup of tea, but Pioli seems like a very nice man. Yeah, you could um, tell. A correct man. Like the opposite of David Chidji. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to say, this is a hard one because I don't like making predictions. One thing I've learned, and I don't know if you can back this up, Chigi, 
if you make predictions in the public eye, and by public eye, I'm not being a big head because I, I, I used to tweet and had about three followers. But if you make a, a prediction, people only remember the ones you get wrong. Yeah. You know, you can make a thousand predictions perfectly and you can get one wrong and they all come out of the woodwork. So, um, but having said that, I'm going to say if Chelsea are on it, as I think the young people would say, 3-1 to Chelsea. Oh, seriously? Whoa. Well, you were there. You were there at Stamford Bridge yeah, last week. It yeah, was just yeah. they couldn't they couldn't live with it. But two one, I think, would be a safe bet. But if Chelsea really go for it and they're really clicking under older Potter, maybe three one. But two mm. one or three one, um, I don't know who will score. Um, I don't know. Is Thiago Silva was he left out at the weekend because of an injury? No, rested. Arrested. Arrested. Rested. Arrested. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, no, I, I've been silly. Um, yeah, so uh, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see. Uh, I thought of a couple other before I before I let you go, as they say. I thought of a cu- I thought of a couple more uh, ex players that played for both clubs. Fernando Torres, really? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And um, and and Michael Essien. No, Michael Essien. There was a point. There was a lovely headline in uh, one of the Italian papers about five years ago. The central midfield for Milan was Michael Essien and. Um, and Sully Muntari, and it was like the Ghana World Cup midfield. And one of the Gazettas said, this is one of the best midfield football um, football midfields Africa has ever produced mm. 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, the, the Michael Essien went to uh, Milan when he was really beyond his best years. But yeah, those those two just uh, crept into my mind. And uh, you'd forgotten about Torres at Milan, as most had, of Milan yeah. fans had. You'd yeah. forgotten about Torres at Chelsea, if you must know. Yeah. Well, we missed a few more. Somebody on Twitter was saying we'd missed about three or four that we that really. Oh, yeah, there'll were, be tons. There'll be tons. Yeah, that, that we're actually playing for the side now. I think, which I, I found a bit odd, but there you go. Well, right. We mentioned we mentioned Aubameyang, didn't we? Aubameyang, yeah, uh, and Silver. Yeah. Silver played. For, I think we might have missed Silver actually. It could be, couldn't yeah. we? Couldn't see that we couldn't see the wood for the trees. Knew we what? Couldn't. Yeah, that's my prediction: two-one or three-one to Chelsea. I like that, I mean, mate. Hope, I'm encouraged. Hopefully it'll be entertaining. Hopefully uh, Milan will give a, you know, not from your point of view, but I hope Milan give a slightly mm. better. Because I had to commentate on the highlights and I knew the score already. So it was the most depressing commentary I've ever done. Every time Chelsea came forward and looked like they were going to score, I, I had to sound like I was like my pet dog would just die. <laughs> Brilliant. So I had nothing to cheer. <laughs> Mate, I hope, I hope that it is as entertaining uh, tomorrow night as you have been for the last two weeks with us. You've been absolutely brilliant. It's been also been lovely to see you, of course. It, Bless you. It'll be nice, nice to see, see you too. when you come back over to, to England. We'll have to meet up for a glass of if, vino. If they, let, if they let me back in, it'll be nice yeah, to catch will. up. With, and if they let you out of England... No, that's never going to happen. I've got a restraining order. You know that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But no, enjoy the match. Enjoy the rest we of will. the uh, the rest of the week. We and uh, who knows if the two teams get through, they could meet in the knockout rounds. Well, I was going to say things have happened. If if we get through uh, and we end up meeting an Italian team in the later rounds, can, can we have you back on? Because you've been so much fun. It'd be lovely to get you back on. Absolutely. I mean, the, the words Italian team and later rounds of Champions League don't quite compute. I know. But, uh, I know. but yeah, any, anything's possible and it would be an absolute pleasure. Lovely. All right. Are there any other teams you have knowledge of you could come on and talk about? Because we occasionally don't have anybody for a, a fans away view, you know. That's because um, I can't be asked to book any. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me have a think because... Uh, um, he hates yeah. Arsenal. We could get him on to do a hatchet job on Arsenal. That'd be funny. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste my time. To be honest, <laughs> there we go. Brilliant. The point? No, exactly. I wouldn't. But yeah, if, if anything, any other Italian team, 
Uh, I have a soft spot for the old Spanish underdogs, Real Madrid. <laughs> so I'm happy to uh, talk about them as well. Well, and, with Carlo, uh, of course. Yeah, all of them. All great people. Honest people. Yeah. Good people. Well, Carlo's all right. What's wrong with Carlo Ancelotti? No, I just said they're all good, honest people. I yeah. wasn't being sarcastic. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good people. <laughs> Mate, we're going to let you go. You've been absolutely, yes. absolutely brilliant. Lovely to see you. You stay safe and we'll, we'll hopefully see you very soon. Yes, bye-bye. Bye, Jonathan. Bye, Dean. Bye, guys. Arrivederci. Ciao. Bye-bye. Brilliant stuff. There you go. The absolutely legendary Sheridan Bird, who's an old mate of mine, and uh, he was on the first ever Chelsea fan cast I did, for those of you with long memories. Uh, And he's look at him now. He's gone far. He's now a a commentator on Italian telly and writes about Syria and uh, writes for the UEFA UA for Champions League magazine. So there we go. Right, we'll be back in a minute or two to uh, talk about our own preview of the AC Milan versus Chelsea match. See you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge. Him down there is Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And up there to my left is the wonderful Dino Mears. Good evening. So did you enjoy that with Sheridan? Yeah, it was great. He's good good fun. He is. Lovely bloke. Lovely bloke. So there you go. I have to say I'm very encouraged by what he what he had to say. Um I didn't expect he, it. He got it right last week, didn't he? he so well, he did. He, he did. Uh, at, in t- time on a tradition, gents, what do we start with? We start with my uh, appalling attempt at a team selection. Oh, goody. From Potter. Potter. So Potter. here we go. Are you ready for this? Do you know what Are I've done? Do I like it? I've basically, I've basically picked the side that I said he should pick against... Uh, against um, Wolves. The Wolves, yeah. But anyway, I've gone Kepper, Koulibaly, Silva, Chaloba. I'm, I don't know, really. I mean, you know, as I was saying to Dino earlier on, at the moment, for the midfield, you can prime any two of Kovacic, Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek. And I really don't know. I mean, there's, there's no slight here, Dino. I've just realised what I've done with Dino on the show. He's not going to talk to me ever again. It could be J5 and Kovacic. It could be J5 and Loftus-Cheek. It could be Kovacic. I've just gone for Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek. Um, so, you know, no. I, I suspect he'll probably pick Jorginho myself. But uh, I just basically nicked the last graphic I had from last week. That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. So there you go. Chilwell uh, on the left because uh, I thought he was excellent against them last week and he was rested this weekend. James on the right because how can you not play Reese James? Uh, and then, you know, Sterling and Aubameyang were rested, so one presumes they'll be starting uh, on Tuesday. And, of course, you, you you just always pick Mount. So there we go. That's what I've gone for. But uh, Lord knows, JK, got no idea, really. After is this weekend, tom- no idea. Is it tomorrow or Wednesday? It's, it's Tuesday, tomorrow evening. Is it tomorrow it evening? Is. It is. My goodness, I've been, uh, I've been uh, setting it up for Wednesday. Um, good. Um, I agree with you completely, Chich. I really? Think he- yeah. Yeah, completely and utterly, yeah. Koulibaly was excellent. Um, he'll pick Silver, obviously. I can't see him picking. He won't play Dave again. And Chalabar's the right because Fafana was in. Chalabar was really good. Um, uh, I think he'll pick pick Cheek and Kovacic. And um, the, mind you, the the Jorginho um, 
uh, factor is something, in fact, he played in Italy. But I like the fact he came on as well in the second half and ordered people about. So with something to prove, uh, Chilwell picks himself because he was excellent. He's a different set of skills from Cucurella. He's a much better attacker as well as being a decent defender. He's a much better ball player. There's a slinkiness about his skills. Um, James, of course, picks himself because he's completely world-class. Um, uh, Sterling must come in. Mount was terrific. And he'll play Aubameyang. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Dino, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I think the same as well. I think it's almost the same team that started against Milan last well, week. Apart from uh, Chiloba, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And given that I think he said, was it the left backs from Milan back in that gets forward? Yeah. Maybe got sort of, you'd rather have Loftus cheek than uh, Jorginho in the team. Bit more physicality against sort of Liao as well. If if Reece James has got a job to do defensively and help out Chalaber as well, maybe that's an idea. Mm. Or he puts legs in there like Gallagher. But I think you're closer to the truth, mm. Chidge, this week. Well, I'm just going really based on the fact that, you know, Silver, Aubameyang and Sterling are big players for Chelsea, whichever way we look at it. And none of them started at the weekend. So it, it, it makes sense to me that he was resting them for, for the match this week, even though he said he wasn't going to do it. But all managers lie because that's what they do. So that's really why I've gone for that. Um, I mean, the interesting thing is, Dino, I mean, this is kind of a, I wrote this down. I looked at it and I thought, what a stupid thing to say. It makes no sense. But hey, I say that a lot and I do that a lot. I'm wondering, is this is this Potter's biggest test today? And I say that because, you know, it's away at the San Siro in the Champions League. We know we know that Milan are basically shit. But on paper, I wonder if this is his biggest test today. Probably, yeah. But I don't think there's an overall like, lot riding on the game. No. If win or lose, I think we'll still be okay. I think that puts more pressure on the next game if we lose, and that'll be his biggest test. Yeah, I know. Then yeah. Man United in two weeks becomes his biggest test. Yeah, Arsenal definitely. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of a really weird thing to have written down, but I think you kind of get where I was coming from on that. Yeah, I think if he has a, a big win, I think that sort of enhances his pedigree even more. I mean, mm. what he hasn't got is Champions League experience. Uh, to beat Milan 3 0, even if it wasn't the best Milan we've ever seen, it's still a good tick for him. And if he does it away at the San Siro, no, not many. Not many English managers have gone to the San Siro and won convincingly in history. So, yeah, it'd be a, a, a good game for us, uh, regardless. So, J.K., um, I'm thinking, you know, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, really. But do you think uh, that Chelsea are getting their mojo back under Potter? And what I, what I mean by that is that for a long time under Tuchel, you kind of knew what you were going to get. You know, it was like, no, we'll be all right. We'll be, you just kind of, you know, there was a sense of confidence back. And then it all went a bit pear-shaped. And we were like, oh my God, we've got no idea what, what Chelsea are going to turn up. And then, of course, you get uh, Potter in. We don't really know much about Potter, but we're now four games in. We've seen some improvement. You know, they're, they're, they're shoring up at the back. They're scoring goals and looking a lot more creative. So do you, do you think we, we're getting our mojo back where we can suddenly go into games a bit going, yeah, we should do that? Um, I think one of the problems with the, the team was that because he won the Champions League, we were really willing to forgive uh, a lot of things that went wrong. But he did manage to get the uh, the team up to a, a particularly excellent level. And 
uh, occasionally we'd then go into games thinking, well, we won the Champions League, we'll win this, and then we'd play very badly. I think what the what the uh, what we're hoping for is that Potter gets a level of performance almost on a uh, a Mourinho level, really, on a Mourinho-esque level, which is not only does he win the Champions League and trophies, but they they play every week with an excellence that Mourinho achieved, particularly in his first season, and Conte achieved, which is that kind of uh, momentum and persistence uh, that that allows us to get into a situation where we go into games thinking, well, we're, we're you know we've got a chance of winning this, which we sim- thought a lot of under Tuchel, and frequently we'd come unstuck for reasons that we didn't know other i would say than the first the first uh, the first um when we first met Tuchel when he was first introduced and they had game after game after game where the defense didn't give any goals away i think that was when we thought the same now you wonder whether some teams have this kind of as i said it before like new manager bounce and they're all willing to play and he gives them a way of playing and they all tap into it but um uh, I, I i would I'd like this consistency that we had and then not to have a period as we had under Tuchel where, you know, we'd play against Leicester in the cup final and be awful or play against Arsenal and not turn up in the league games, which are some of the worst experiences. Uh, to be had. fair, I think that Arsenal game, they shithoused the hell out of us on that game. They, if you played that game 100 times, we would win it 99 times. Yeah, they were very fortunate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But nonetheless, that kind of game. You know, it's the same thing even with Melan, as I said, if he, when he was saying they're unlikely to defend him uh, in the way that Inter did and then and then just fall over all the time. They won't. That's not the kind of football that AC Milan play. But um, uh, I'm becoming more, um, it's, as, as I said earlier, the jury is still out. You know, these games coming Early up days, are, isn't it? are still, yeah, are still us saying, how's he playing? What's he going to do? This is interesting. So far, the last three games have been... Um, um, not, a, a huge progress is being made and he's getting performances out of players that we had dismissed, which is in a sense what, what Tuchel did with both Rudiger and Alonso, um, uh, who then became absolute stalwarts for his his team selection, more so Rudiger, obviously. But um, and I miss Alonso very much. He was a, he, I liked his style of play, even his um, running very slowly after wingers when they went past him. <laughs> but... Um, but uh, something about him. I love this shooting. Had a great shot on him, old Alonso, which is which will stay with me. Some of the goals he scored were great. But anyway, um, I digress. Um, Getting all uh, misty-eyed there, isn't he, Dean? I, I did. I went yeah. for a moment. I went misty-eyed. <laughs> a bit of a moment, JK. Yeah, I did. I did. I thought he was... I loved some of his goals. I, I love a goal scorer. You know, he scored, from, he scored fantastic... He scored fantastic, beautiful goals when nobody else was scoring. Yeah. But, um, but already it's looking better, isn't it? it is. It's looking better than the last strains of poor old Tommy T who for whatever reason um was under so much pressure in other ways yeah. relationship falling apart having to be the center of attention or during the sanctions one feels for him who is he's a great manager and I fear that he will take somebody else over and make them into a world force mm. but um at the moment we get behind what is happening with Potter is if, if he keeps performing this way um then you know we're we're, we're on the right lines here indeed um, Dino, uh, in spite of what Sheridan has told us and the evidence before our, our eyes last week, um, you know, I, I still in the back of my head have got this kind of, well, you know, Potter doesn't really have a lot of experience in the Champions League at this level. I mean, I know he took his Swedish teams into the competition and stuff, but, you know, Chelsea have had only 
one victory in their last 11 away games against Syria at opposition. They've drawn three games and lost seven. Discuss. Yeah, it's not good, is it? No, I'm surprised by that, I have to say. Terrible, but that's... Stat. terrible stat, isn't you, it? You know I love a terrible stat. You know I always bring a terrible stat to the party just to piss bring you all off. You bite it and you chew it. I love you... it. I love You know I love it as well, don't you? You set fire to it and you blow <laughs> smoke out of your ass with it. Oh, yeah, God. you know. So that, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm kind of with Sheridan, really. You know, let's just, just use the evidence of our eyes here that we outclassed Milan last week. I mean, there's no other way of putting it. We looked just, I mean, Lau's a good player. We we made them look ordinary last week. You can't she... underestimate the, the brilliance of Rhys James. No. Rhys James is brilliant. Yeah. There's nothing like Rhys James. There is nothing like Rhys James. Nothing in the world. There is nothing you can name that is anything like Rhys James. Um, which, of course, is Sid Celery's song. Yes. We always have to say uh, copyright Sid Celery after after that. Um, the thing is, Dino, apart, apart from my wickedness with a naughty stat, um, I think... You, you know, we, I, th- I think they can't go in there complacent. And I think what Sher- one of the things Sheridan said was really pertinent. I think he said, you need to erase last week from your mind and treat this game completely differently as a, as a one-off almost and respect them. This is a, you know, they might not be that good at the moment, but this is a, this is a side with great traditions. And we kind of embarrassed them last week. They are going to want to come right. If I'm their manager, I'm getting into them all week. So you need to get into these bastards and, you know, restore a bit of Italian pride. So it, you know, they need Chelsea need to be on it from the minute, uh, from minute one. I think. Yeah, I think they will be as well. I think you know, Potter's got to prove himself in Europe as yeah. much as the players. So I think that works in our favour. I, I don't know about knowing sort of the games. Maybe we go away to Italy and we get sucked into playing an Italian style of football. You know, it becomes an Italian match, and obviously we don't play Italian style of football. And we get sort of beaten at, at their game, whereas we go there and we put our game on them. We get uh, Reese James and Ben Chiel up the wings, then we'll be too good for them again. You know, yeah, we got respect Milan, but respect ourselves as well. And we're we're a level above them, and we should play to our level. And if, if Potter needs to prove himself, then he's going to have to force that onto the players that they go there and they put their best foot forward from the first whistle. And if they do that, they should win the game with ease. But that's easier said than done. Yeah, I mean, J.K., do you think this is a must-win or a must-not-lose? Um, well, it, it it just puts more pressure on the rest of the um, um, the rest of the, uh, the the Champions League games if we lose it. Um, so um, I, I think it'll be a draw. I have to say, yeah. and I think that that would be a decent result for us because then we could still um, we've then deprived them of two points, and uh, um, we can then go on and beat the other teams, which I don't think is going to be a problem. Well, I mean, that would give us 11 points if we were to draw. Because I think, would it be 11? Are we on four or five? I think we're on four, isn't it? That's what I said. Oh, earlier. yeah, we'd have, then we'd have 11, yeah. Would that be enough? <sighs> well, they, they, you know, in, in, in some groups, you can you can qualify with as low as nine points. But if you remember, when we got knocked out under Rafa, we had 13. We went out with 13 points, I think, which is unheard of. Mourinho always used to say, back in the old days, he said, you get to nine points in the Champions League group stage, you're pretty certain to go through. You know, you need one more win, really. But it's so tight because it's, you know, as I said, they're separated by two points. If we draw against Milan tomorrow night, we'll both be on five. Salzburg and Zagreb are playing each other. 
So either one of them's going to be on eight points or one of them's going to be on six points. So even if we win tomorrow, we could, uh, sorry, if we draw tomorrow, we could be third or fourth. You know, it's like mad, isn't it? But if we beat both Salzburg and Zagreb, and I don't think Salzburg are going to be easy. I think that they, 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 they're quite a tasty side. They know what they're doing. I think Zagreb just lucked out and they, they caught us at a very bad time for us. So I fully expect us to put them, put them to the sword at the bridge. But anyway, yeah, we got six points. We'd be on 11 if we draw against Milan tomorrow. You would have thought that that would be enough. But it's, I think this is a horrible group now. It's, because it's so tight, it's going to go down to the wire. So I think if we win tomorrow, that puts us on seven we points. Ease it if we win tomorrow, yes. Yeah, we're on seven points if we win tomorrow, um, you know, which would put us second if Salzburg win. Um, and, you know, that would that would that would put enough clear blue water between us and Milan and Zagreb. You know, so I think it's important that we win tomorrow. I've got to be honest. I've got to be honest. But I do fear, like you, that it might be a draw. What say you, Dino? Yeah, I think it's it's actually important to win because I think the next away game is even trickier than this one. That's the Salzburg game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're not easy places to go to. And they're actually, they are very good teams, as we saw uh, when we played them at uh, the bridge. It's, that first defeat has obviously thrown the spanner in the works for us because it, it's put four teams in the group able to go through. Usually you get one dud team yeah. that everyone sort of steamrolls. Uh, that hasn't been the case. So, yeah, I'd rather just win the next three games. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I, I second that motion definitely I'd like to win the next five games yeah. no the next seven games yeah, know, no I make know. it ten alright I'm going to stick a score on it I'm going to say one all JK yeah one all yeah Yeah. do you know two one two one to us yeah yeah well I bloody well hope so because I think as I said I think if we win it then it's going to make our life a lot easier than uh, than it would be otherwise but anyway we'll, we'll all find out tomorrow won't we um you know, I think on another matter, well done to everybody who's over there. I uh, hope you have a very lovely time uh, and stay safe whilst you're doing it. Right, uh, that's all we've got time for tonight. Uh, we will be back on Friday evening when Dane Whittle will be joining me and JK. That'd be fun. I haven't seen Dane for a while either. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. no, we haven't, have we? Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll be looking back at the Milan game and uh, ahead to Sunday's match against Aston Villa, of course. Dino, you've seen Dane recently. How is he? Is he all right? Yeah, he's been he's moved house and yeah. he went to uh, back to America for a bit. Yeah, uh, so I didn't see him for a while. But yeah, back to his normal form. Is he is he on on uh, went to Mo King's Meadow with you quite regularly? He is now. He wasn't over the summer because he was away. But yeah, yeah, he's been back last episode. We've had a break because of the games, but yeah, but yeah, he's been about good. All right, he's actually written for the fan team. Has he now? Well, yeah. the uh, the went to Mo King's Meadow one. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, as we were saying earlier, I'm I'm just so chuffed that you are just you're going mad on all this. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant that you're just going for it in the way that you are, isn't it, J.K.? Yes. It works harder than you and me. It's brilliant. Oh, much harder. Superb. Yeah. Superb. And uh, I hope it. Uh, what can we do to help it be even more successful than it is already? Just transfer money to my okay. bank account. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because I'm about to talk about Patreon actually, and actually it's a good juncture because uh, uh, went to Mo King's Meadow has a Patreon page, and you know, I would, I mean, I'm not going to say you know withdraw all of the money that you give to the Chelsea fancast and put it into uh, 
into went to Mo King's Meadow. But I would say that they are arguably, if not more deserving than as deserving. But what I will say, actually, I'll tell you what, Dino, rather me sit here and say it, tell people what they get for donating to Patreon on the Went to Mo King's Meadow Patreon page. So we, unlike Chidge, uh, we do put stuff on. That's what I was really kind of alluding to, to be fair. Thank you for just reminding me of that. Yes. So what we do in the summer, we put our podcasts on there to say thank you for people to pay money uh, to the show. So, I mean, this summer was 30 years of the women's team. So we've interviewed uh, Tony Farmer for almost two hours uh, about starting the team. We spoke to uh, George Michaelas, who managed the team in 2002 for three years. And uh, Matt Beard, who now managed Liverpool, he managed Chelsea before Emma Hayes. Uh, so we did like a long series of the 30 years of history uh, where I've written some pieces for Chelsea Heritage based on the interviews that I've done. Uh, there's lots of you know, interesting stuff uh, in there. Uh, the year before, we did some interviews with some uh, parents of some of the players. Uh, so every summer, sort of you get your exclusive content. Uh, and of where Chidge publishes our podcast, I put it on the Patreon first. So they get a couple of days uh, where they listen to that before anyone else. Mm. Um, and I try and post some other stuff on there when I can, and people let me know what they want. I've sent my Patreons the fanzine, the PDF copy, so they haven't had to pay for that. Mm. So they've got that perk free as well. So I always feel bad that people are giving me money. So I feel like I've got to give them something in return. I know, I know. Well, I, I do too, which is what I always say. I mean, I mean, it's easy to find, isn't it? Went to Mo, uh, went to Mo King's Meadow on Patreon, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do check it out if you can. I know times are tough, so I'm not going to sit here beating people up to give money. But uh, if you are so disposed to either do it to went to Mo King's Meadow or Chelsea Fancast or both, then uh, it's very easy to do. Our Patreon page is Chelsea Fancast, so patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Um, I I I love. Dino for doing what he does. I mean, all that exclusive content going up. Um, it's a bit different for us because, you know, we've been going for so long, it would be a bit weird to kind of restrict access to it in that way, even though people do pay for it. But we do other things. We It's not entirely true to say that we don't do anything. We just don't do anything that other people do, really, uh, which is the exclusive content. But we do have, um, you know, the Kerry Dixon mini banners, the replica of the one in the Matthew Harding upper. Um, like Dino, we have a we have a a very active and a brilliant Discord group as well. Um, so there we go. So if you if you love what we do, then help us out by bugging some money our way on the Patreon account. But there is no pressure. I really do mean that. I mean, I love everybody who listens to this show um, equally. Um, and I don't, as I said, I know times are tough, so uh, I completely understand all of that. Uh, one thing you haven't done yet, Dino. No. You see, we are now doing these Chelsea Fancast uh, presents an evening or an afternoon with insert name of uh, famous former Chelsea player at the Live at the Troubadour Club, which is brilliant. We did one with Kerry the other week. Um, and uh, I, we've got the next one lined up, all right? I'm not going to yeah. tell you who's in it. I'm going to keep keep my powder dry on that. I've told the Discord group because I thought they, they, they need to know first because that would be lovely. So basically the Patreon people. Um, but it'll be on November the 6th, Sunday, November the 6th, after the Arsenal game. So do watch this space because I will be revealing details of how you can buy tickets to that one. It will be brilliant. I have got a brilliant former player on. You will love me hugely for doing this. And actually, by the way, I met so many people, JK, on, on Saturday, who were, were full of love for what we do. And us, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, 
you know embarrassed really i was like oh you know we don't deserve all of this praise it was lovely getting a lot of love the show was on uh saturday i had the same experience yeah i don't know what we do to deserve that i took georgia with me and she said oh no not another person who loves you oh no you got daughters eh? Who'd, who'd have them yeah it was lovely i was really touched you know it's really sweet so thank you uh i don't think we deserve it but it's lovely that you do right uh sorry no emails this week we we wanted to, we have more football to talk about so i'm sorry about that as i said I'll, I'll try and reply personally to those of you who have sent emails in that won't get them published on the show uh but don't let that stop you because uh, you know we don't always have sheridan on uh, so bung your emails in this week and we'll try and read them out next week when we do our show next monday um, so there you go. If you want to email us, it's chelseafancast at gmail.com, um, you know, at chelseafancast on every other channel, social media that we do. Uh, and get them in by the end of play on Sunday. Uh, you can follow the show on all social media at Chelsea Fancast. As I said, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Dean, remind me, at Dean Mears. Yeah, that's it. There you go. That is. Went to Mokings Meadow is? At Mokings Meadow. There you go. You've got them all now. Brilliant. Dino, it's been lo- I mean, really lovely to see you, mate. It's about time I saw you for a proper pint, but uh, it's, I'll set I'll set for seeing you on, on, on Zoom. It's lovely to see you. You know, it's been good to be back. Um, I'll try and get to a game soon, I think. Yeah, we need, we need to get you back. Definitely, definitely, definitely. JK, my old China, lovely to see you on sparkling form as ever. Good fun. Thank you. Very good fun. Well done, Dean. Great yeah. stuff be fun tonight as well and uh, having Shezza on is always great fun too right uh, good luck to Chelsea tomorrow night in the Champions League against AC Milan uh, we'll be back on Friday obviously to talk about that and look ahead to Aston Villa so uh, all you people on Mixler thank you for joining us as always and for those listening to the podcast version thank you for listening it's been brilliant see you Friday until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it Chelsea come the Chelsea how are you blue boy It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.